push your ass out to the side, take a picture for everyone. Make me spread those cheeks. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. This whole thing is very, very spooky. Well, if you want to be like me, a loser, go ahead and smoke. That's a side effect of the marijuana poisoning. Got a viewer stoned at the time. Why, why, why do you think they call it dope? I want my weed. Is that beat them? Nah, nigga, it's weed. What do you mean that's my pot? That's Officer Douche. Stay stoned. Streaming value for value and weed is an excellent combination. Are you kidding right now? Maybe we should try to track down that smoker. It's so overtly sexual. Uh, Okay, another heritage. There it is. There's no doubt about it. They were going hog wild. What? 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 I'm a supporter of human beings. Oh, yes. Still supporting human beings. Every Tuesday night. And this one's no exception. It's July 18th, 2023. By my calendar. And this is episode 257 of Bowl After Bowl. I am Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're a bowler. So you fit right in. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for chilling. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. Starting things off right. High energy night, huh? That's right. Huh? Ready to bowl. Bowling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know us, man. Keeping busy. Keeping busy doing a bunch of crap. Uh, First thing we did, pretty much, after we talked to you last, was uh, two nights later, we rolled in a little bowls with Buds action. Been a minute. Yeah, that was a great one with Cold Acid. Always fun to talk with Cold Acid. We've already got his next one scheduled. Our northern brethren. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We made the promise when he was first on on 128 uh, that obviously he needed to come back on on episode 256. Yes. Because, duh. And, and next, uh, it shall be 512. 512. If not before then. Yeah, I, t- I said we got to have you on before 512, but also 512. Yes. We'll make that happen. We'll make it work somehow. Keep an eye on it. On it. That's kind of your uh, avenue, really. Yeah, it's the same way I made 256 happen. Yeah, because you know I'm going to forget. I probably already did forget. What were we talking about again just now? Duh. Oh, yeah, duh. Bulls with butts. Uh, you can find all of the Bulls with Buds interviews at bullswithbuds.com. And the last one we did was that big gathering in Uranus uh, for the birthday party. So it was high time that we had another one cranked out. And we did. Great time. We caught cold right before he ventured up to the cottage for the weekend. So 
good time, good discussion, lots of Lego talk, lots of uh, back-in-my-day programmer talk that Cold Acid can always bring, and uh, MILF titty talk. You can't live without it. Yeah. So check that out. Cold Acid gets a split when you boost that episode always and forever. Also, we updated his split way back on 128. So if you go back in time and listen to his first appearance, he also gets splits for that to his new wallet. He was having some node woes, which we forgot to talk about. Yeah, we we just didn't get there. Briefly uh, mentioned it in the pre-show. But then we just, uh, yeah, it just, it's off to the races. Yeah, time flies when you're in the bowl with buds. No doubt. No doubt about it. Um, We've got another one lined up. We do. We are going to rock and roll on Friday night with another repeat guest, Sir Paul the Book Guy. Yay! Host of several different shows, including Book Guys and uh, Hooligans, which is a Doctor Who fan podcast, a franchise I know nothing about. But uh, we had reached out. I've always talked to Paul via Twitter because he has a couple of different Mastodon accounts, Mastodon handles you can find, but they're like... Twitter bot reflections of his Twitter account. They're not actually like him on there tweeting. Oh. And then he has a dead uh, Gab account because you can find Gab stuff on, on the Fetty. Uh, yeah. He somehow got himself suspended from Twitter. Shocking. <laughs> I know that guy. How did he do it? So, um, you know, that's like how I commute. Like, that's the only way I talked to him ever was on Twitter. So I had to track down... Uh, adjacent and sock puppet accounts to actually get to him. But yes, I did confirm we are still on like Donkey Kong for Friday night. Uh, 8 Central, 9 Beast Coast, uh, 6 p.m. specific time. We will be doing a Bulls with Buds with him. Kind of catching up and revisiting. That'll be fun. That'll be cool. Uh, Busy weekend in KC. We kicked things off on Friday with a big dumb storm. Friday afternoon, that uh, kind of pick and chose what to fuck up <laughs> around the area. <clears throat> yeah, the city got hit real hard, though. Yeah, just depending where you are, you might have, like, seen 100-year-old trees completely uprooted, or you might have seen no damage at all, like we saw. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, by the way, that's house by house that you see those differences, not even just uh, neighborhood by neighborhood. But I know a lot of the stuff in Brookside and uh, Morningside over there got hammered pretty hard. I was over there working a, a Fizzolino gig on Sunday. Yeah, you double fizzed this weekend. I did. I had two Fizzolino jobs. So we did a wedding on Saturday in uh, the northeast corner of the city. That's a, an interesting spot. It's a really weird spot. It's like old row of like old school mansions. And uh, this particular one's just, like, directly across the street from Kansas City Museum. Wow. And, uh... But then if you go, like, a street further down... Yeah, then you're on, like... It's basically, like, a couple blocks down, and you're in Independence Avenue, and you're in, like, the hot crime spot of the city. Like, one of the... Bars on every window. One of the nastier spots in the city. Yeah, it's fun. It's interesting uh, to kind of see things change that fast, just driving around. Uh, They had their... You know those like big rent-a-tent things, like big-ass tent that they just set up for events, temporary events? Yeah, outdoor events. They had that set up, and it like made it through the whole storm and everything, so... Whoa. Yeah, they just had to pick up some some limbs scattered across the yard, but nothing like crazy. Not bad. 
Um, so that was Saturday night. And then Sunday night, uh, Sunday evening, really, because we kicked things off around four for this one, uh, was in Morningside, where a lot of the damage was concentrated. I think that part of that is just because there's such a bunch of freaking old growth trees there. Like, it's just in a big ass old oak forest, both of these neighborhoods, Brookside and Morningside. And so, one of these streets, it was the. <clears throat> the block north of where we were, uh, there's like a main east to west street, and then on the other side of that east to west street, just perfectly lined up with the stop sign, a humongous old oak was ripped out of the ground by its roots and just blocking the entire street. And so someone had taken white spray paint and just spray painted block party across the <laughs> across the trunk of this tree, and uh, they decided to make the best out of a shitty situation do a little block party action because hey the street's blocked off it's going to be for some time i'm sure they're not going to get that tree out of there anytime immediately soon maybe they'll work on it this week but i mean it is a honker it's a big ass tree like it's sitting on it it's sitting on its side and its root ball is like probably 15 feet up in the air it's crazy it's just so enormous we got a notice from the energy company that they were calling in for help from other states to deal with stuff and people were didn't have power for a couple days yeah there's some spots that were out of power for a long time we lost it for like a little while yeah but not days not days yeah minutes almost an hour it was pretty quick relatively because you know you never know what those kind of things some people unfortunately had trees fall on like the connection from the city to their house oh or from, I don't know, whatever, the power company to their house. I don't know how it works, who owns what. But some people are still out there, like, just without power because it's not something that a crew can go on and, like, switch a substation back on or whatever, you know. it's Or, a tran- like, a local transformer that serves a bunch. It's like, oh, it's directly your house that's screwed and someone's going to have to deal with this individually. That sucks. Yeah, so... It was weird seeing power out right next to the substation right we took a little field trip after the storm mm-hmm. and it was power out on one side power on on the other Yep, just hit and miss it was pretty crazy good winds though it was a fun storm to listen to i know you didn't hear any of it i was down here in the basement teaching in the bowl teaching <laughs> so I, yeah i like got none of it some of the thunder i'm able to hear and that's just about it none of the wind but hey that's fine with me it's fine with me uh, if you happen to be listening live right now in a nude podcast app, take a gander at that brand spanking new lit artwork, courtesy of your man Boobery. Yeah, it is sexy. Yes, I did get that plugged in uh, today as one of my tasks. So take that to-do list, you little bitch. Smoking neon lights. Loving it, loving it. A little uh, lit motion bowl after bowl thing. It's very beautiful and... Uh, Blueberry is the gift master, master giffer, and he's not going to rest. I'm told he's not going to rest at all until well, ever. But also until every uh, live show has a gif art. So be prepared for Blueberry to jam you a gif. That's not even me putting pressure on him. That's just what I heard. That's all. He's uh, he's a madman running around doing it. So we appreciate that very much and uh, very cool and legal looking. If you take a look. In any of your favorite nude podcast apps. Um, also, speaking of art, tonight's art 
is courtesy of Make Heroism. Yeah, thanks, Make Heroism. A nice little art design there. I love the layout. And, and the little lady sitting between the pins. It's just like so much uh, little fun Easter eggs going on in this one. Yeah. A lot of fun. It looks like a great event poster. Definitely does. Make Heroism is a master he is. at laying out the art. <clears throat> He's like uh, back up on his bullshit, man. You can tell. He's got the fire and the drive, and he's just uh, knocking stuff out, man. It's good to uh, just be around creative types that are, like, firing off like that, you know? It's effective, or uh, what am I trying to say? It's uh, contagious. I catch a little bit of that, and I need a little bit of that, because God knows. Um, Yeah, we all stoke each other's embers. Definitely, (laughs) yeah. Keeping the flames burning brightly. You gotta, you gotta stoke your friends, man. <laughs> stoke your friends. <laughs> Sir Seat Sir has been typing in nude podcast apps. K N E W E D. Oh no! <laughs> Major faux pas, yeah. as he says. What you want to tell you is, yeah. if you take off your clothes, it's easier to spell nude. N U D E podcast apps dot com. That's where you want to go. And we didn't mention this on the Bulls with Buds, but that's Cold Acid's baby. That's right, Cold that Acid. Came up with the old nude podcast apps redirect because he's the nudest of all acids too. That's everyone knows that he's the coldest, but few know that he's also the nudest of all acids. Uh, but of course, we know that. Yeah, we're up on these kind of things. Uh, so speaking of which, we're also up on abs in a six pack. Big episode two hundred. Woo woo! Dropped last week, right here in my recap. So that's freaking awesome. Congrats, Sir Seat Sitter, still out there killing him. Lots of revisiting uh, the walk down memory lane of prank calls. And God knows he's done <laughs> his share of some prank calls. So you want to check that out, abs in a six pack. Shitmyass.com is the URL there. My favorite URL on the internet. Yeah, it might be the greatest of all time. I think so. It's certainly a contender. It is a contender. Certainly a contender. Uh, let's see. A couple things also on the recap list. A brand new smoker was erected here in the hood. So I'm very fucking pleased about that because it's been since Father's Day. Gifted my old kind of smoker propane grill combo to pop. And I finally found a worthy replacement. This thing is, uh, it is still a pleb tier model of smoker. You know, it's like a big box store Home Depot purchase. But it's got a shitload of cooking service. It's got a lot of stuff I like, like the firebox, the bottom ash thing pulls out, so you can just dump that every time. Uh, I used today to break it in the grill function of it. So it is a reverse flow smoker, which means that you open the main chamber up. That's your whole big-ass cooking area. It's got like over 1,100 square inches of cooking surface. So much real estate could get. So many, I think I could cook like three huge briskets and have plenty of room to rotate them around and slap them and uh, do my thing with them while they're smoking. The reverse flow underneath the grills of that big chamber is just like a big metal flat area that keeps the smoke down below. The firebox flows in from the right and the smoke flows up and under that big metal surface to the left and then it comes up and back to the right above that where your food is, and it hits your food. So that gives it kind of a longer area to dissipate and throw smoke and 
get a, a I would say a more um, a more consistent temperature throughout your cook, and you can build a much hotter fire as a result that will burn longer without uh, getting your chamber too hot and drying out your shit. So all of that's really nice. Came with a little metal cage to keep the fire contained and stack it up a little higher without it spilling all over the place and coals rolling out of the firebox, which is what I dealt with a little bit with the old uh, Oklahoma Joe's firebox. Sometimes the coals just roll out of the damn air vent or otherwise kind of fall away from the center of the fire. And, uh, you know, I could have bought one of these things. They just slap right in there, but you know me. That would involve, like, planning something out and then executing, which I save for only the most important of tasks. <laughs> so, uh, it wasn't, just wasn't in the cards for the old smoker. But now I got one. Uh, it's fantastic. The, the big metal thing, by the way, that diverts the smoke can be flipped uh, around upside down, and it has grates on it, and it can be directly filled with charcoal for a charcoal grill situation. And so I put it in charcoal mode today just to test it out and grilled some hot dogs up for the kids and some T-bone steaks for us. So good. Just phenomenal. Out of this world. Great way to break it in. Still dialing in a little bit the uh, heat and grill and all that situation, but I think I need a hotter fire that I can cook the steaks on for less time next time. But hey, we're getting there. And the steak was phenomenal, so mm-hmm. it all worked out. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. I kind of built that in two uh, sessions because I started building it and then I had to go do the bartending gig. Yeah. And then we finished it in the rain. Finished it in the rain. It's been <laughs> a lot of rain since we last spoke to you bowlers. A lot of rain, but it was so dry that this rain is good. Our, our leaves on the trees are no longer shrivelly. They were really starting to look sad. Last bit of business on my list that I do want to mention is that uh, Mary-Kate Ultra and Make Heroism are again hosting a game night this Sunday. All right. Doing a little uh, game sesh, so keep your eye out on No Agenda Social for updates about that and links and stuff, or uh, slip into the green room on IRC, and they will uh, be messing around in the green room. And even if you can't get in for a game, you can... Hang out in the audience and have a great time and still participate in all of the fun and wackiness. Uh, That's going to kick off a little earlier this time around, 6 Central, my time, which would be 7 over on the East Coast, is what I have been told. It's what I've been told. I think I have a boost later coming up that confirms that, but uh, yes, 6 Central is when the fun will begin. So, hope to see you there. Yeah, that's our recap, man. Yeah, that... Lego bed we put together, <laughs> the Ikea bed. Oh, God, the it's Ikea bed. It's working out great, though. The Ikea bed is working out. It was a workout to put together. Mm-hmm. But we but, got it uh, done. The kids are loving it. They are. They've been switching. Switching bunks up and down, being uh, real cool about it, let's say. Yeah. You get the real estate. You get three beds for the size of one, because it's got a trundle it pulls out. Oh, yeah, we got to put the stupid trundle together too, still, too, don't we? Yep. Oh, God. Just when you thought the to-do list was a little bit lighter. That's only like three pieces. It'll be no problem. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm sure nothing will go wrong and I won't swear about anything. I'll just do it without you. That's fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I put up a back-of-the-door pantry. That was one of my projects I did by myself this weekend. Yes. When you were bartending. Now the uh, garage door entry to the house, that door is like 
three times heavier than it was. Yep. And every time, like, I'm so used, I have the muscle memory down of just whipping that door open and coming up, and now I'm, like, pushing, uh, like, 15 pounds of spices out in front of me as I do it, and I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> no, I'm going to just knock that thing completely down one day. Nah, I got it screwed in good. Well, that's good. Every kitchen should have a pantry, and yet... Ours does not. It's tough. We have a small kitchen, so what are you going to do? You got to just make it work. There's there's room to hang in the kitchen. It's not horrible. It's not like a tiny little hallway apartment style, but... Yeah, it's not a galley kitchen. It's like everything you need is kind of in an L shape. And then there's that countertop that's as tall as I am Mm -hmm. on the other side. Yeah. Things, you know, things are less than ideal. Whatever. Progress, man. But yes, Baby it's steps. a tremendous improvement, I will say. Having a place for all that and being able to find it. Like tonight, I needed the, the uh, steak seasoning. Yep. And I was about to ask you, and then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and you just reach, you can stand at the stove and reach to the left and get it. It's, it's That's what I like. Mad convenient, actually. Yeah. And I do appreciate you push, putting that in. Oh, Jesus, I almost forgot, but I'm holding it right here in my hand. We've also been reactivating the 3D print brain because somebody at work posted in the uh, group chat, hey, does anybody do 3D printing and modeling? Like, I have something that uh, we want to make a model of. And I was just like, you know me. I'm like, yeah, I do that. Because yeah. like, I need more things to do, right? I need more projects and tasks to do so that I can do this for somebody at work. And then I'm like, oh, I'm highly motivated to do this because if I don't, I'll look like an idiot, uh, even more of an idiot than I usually look. And so I was like, yeah, of course. I've never modeled anything myself. It's always just been printing STLs that I find on Thingiverse and other places like that. So, yeah, your boy got this little, it's like a wooden dowel, okay? It looks just like a pencil, really. Uh, And then the tip of the pencil is kind of cut at a 45-degree angle. There's no lead in it. It's just a wooden dowel, but it's shaped like a pencil. And then the the blunt end where the eraser would be also has a 45-degree angle on it. So that's like the wide end, and then the other end's the, the narrow end, the pointy pencil end. And I guess that this tool, I know nothing about stained glass windows, but I guess this is a tool that's used in stained glass windows. Uh, when you're staining the glass, you need to like outline all of your sections with foil and then this helps you like jam the foil down in the cracks to contain the color as you're dyeing or staining the glass i guess i don't know i could have probably looked it up and figured it out but that's what this is for and uh i did a couple of quick beginner tutorials and a little like question asking for specific stuff on how to use blender to model 3d objects to print and i got just on my first run Something that's pretty damn close to the original object. I was actually kind of blown away at how close this is just on try one. The blunt end, I think I nailed. Yeah. It looks exactly the same. The overall stick is pretty much balls on the right length. I thought it was going to be too short when it first started printing, but then that's because the tip wasn't printed yet. So Mm. by the time I came back, it was much longer. And uh, yeah, I think I just got to tweak like where the seam is coming out and then... uh, redo the cut at the tip because it's much smaller than it should be. But other than that, man, this thing is ready for prime time. And uh, she said, "What in a perfect world, what we want to do is add like a clip to this thing so you can put it in your pocket, like a little pocket clip. Oh, yeah, sure. Just like a, a mechanical pencil. Exactly. 
And then I'm thinking if we can figure it out relatively easily, maybe just the, a spot for some custom lettering or something just to, you know, if she's got a business name or something she wants to put on there, maybe. Yeah. And you can sell customs. And then, yeah, I'm going to make some bulk orders of these damn things and start to, I don't know, another side hustle. Cause why, why not? Yeah. That's kind of what we do. From the bowl. In fact. Yeah. Bowl made. Yeah. Net net in the chat said, fuck blender. Blender's cool, but it's cumbersome. Download fusion 360. Okay. See, I was hoping that somebody would come in and save me from, uh, some headache of using programs that are, I don't know, tough <laughs> or whatever. Blender, it definitely is a pain in the ass to use. All of my, uh, all of my Adobe trained keyboard cut shortcuts are completely irrelevant in Blender. Even the little stuff like, okay, in Adobe, if you hold down the space bar, you get the hand, right? The grabby hand. And then you can just click and drag stuff and move the view around. No, 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 no. In Blender, not only are you, designing a 3d model but you're doing it over time so you can also animate a 3d model but so if you hit a space bar it's like a play button and it starts playing through oh, s- through no. s- fucking uh frames yeah that did say it's more animation driven yes more animation driven that makes nothing but sense and you know 3d printed shit i don't gotta animate it so you yeah, know just gotta print it yeah but this puts you one step closer to designing some bowl after bowl printout, which I'm excited about. Yeah, we got to do that. And then we'll have like fun contest stuff or I don't know. Maybe we can finally have uh, producer levels we've always talked about and dreamed about. Who knows? Who knows? It's all still... Infinite possibilities. That's right. It's all still brainstorm. Uh, but mainly it's driven by the bowlers who help us out every week. And uh, this week is no exception. The bowlers are... In here, keeping this bowl rolling down the lanes, Tuesday after Tuesday, show after show, bowl after bowl, and it's because we're value for value podcast. It's a real nice way to distribute digital content, but more so, we've just really discovered it's it's a lifestyle. We've fallen into this lifestyle of value for value. It changes the way you think. It changes the way that you prioritize um, your life and your relationships and. Uh, you know what you're constantly examining what brings you value for a content creator type situation if you want to use that word uh anybody who's making digital content and putting it out there on a regular basis it's a really freedom oriented business model cuz <clears throat> cuz it it allows us to get rid of all these middlemen and all these management uh extra pieces of authority and layers of uh compromise that you would have to go through otherwise Gets us away from any really weird, awkward ad reads. Uh, if we ever do ad reads, it can be fake ads that are, you know, dripping in irony or whatever. It allows us to say what we want and what we feel or not say things that we would otherwise maybe be compelled to say. Things that we don't believe in that we'd have to talk about. Um, more than anything, really what it prevents is this annoying scenario where you get a phone call and somebody's bitching about quarter two looked bad and you need to come up with a plan to make yourself more profitable right away or the stakeholders are going to be very upset. My shareholders, my profitability. It's not where you want to be, my friend. What we instead want to focus on is how do we put as much value as we can into this thing and now we have a mechanism where we can hear you as the bowlers getting value back 
and uh, interacting directly, being a part of this thing, producing the show. And that's why we want to thank everybody up front every single week. And we usually start by pulling up the PayPal, the dinosaur uh, method to uh, help out, which I don't want to downplay or diss. Uh, PayPal does have its problems that we've all talked about, and it's sort of one of those things that's uh, on a ticking time clock maybe to extinction in terms of like how, how long uh, are they really going to help people like us um you know yeah the artists the free thinkers yeah <laughs> the uh the narrative buckers and, and such you know we don't really play to the script and so there's always this threat of maybe getting axed there but we keep it open because there's people that just use that and they don't they don't know anything else and they still want to contribute their value and it also helps us set up monthlies and recurring stuff and set bills up. And bowlers can put monthly recurring payments in, and then we have monthly bills that come out. And so that is really helpful to just keep things rolling without having to worry month by month, is this bill paid, is this bill covered, etc. So we want to thank everybody who came in on the PayPal over the last week, including NetNet, who snuck one in during our cold acid event. So we did list him as a producer for that show you got you got him in the show notes yes but now we'll say thanks net ned yes thank you net ned 10 bucks that he slipped in uh no note he just hit us with the 10 buckaroonies i know that he's been experiencing some wallet issues as of late and uh sometimes that happens too you know your sats get uh, hung up and starts to be a pain in the ass to transfer here and there and you're just like you know what i still need to give this value the PayPal is a wonderful spot to still keep alive and be able to do that. And you can get to that at the bottom of all the pages of bullafterbull.com. There's a little donate button that takes you there. And you can do a one-time or a recurring, like their next two bowlers uh, set up. We got on the 15th a recurring payment from Circus Media, 1111. Oh, thank you. Much appreciated. That's a monthly. And, of course, early this morning, Sharky Shark. Sharky, thank you. Hit us with that 420 stonation. So that's a fresh one right there. So we very much appreciate all that help on the PayPal side of things. It keeps things going and it keeps those auto bills uh, paid. And so, yeah, it kicks ass in, the, in, in those terms. Also, though, you may have heard of nude podcast apps where uh, you just take off all your clothes and you go to nudepodcastapps.com like Cold Acid taught you to. And uh, there is where you can find all of the Bitcoin-enabled, Lightning-enabled, value-for-value podcasting apps, which enable you to stream sats during the show, during live shows, or during uh, old episodes that we've already posted. And you can also send boosts, which are direct payments, direct one-time sats, and boostograms, which is a boost with a message attached. And we like to read through them. It's a really fun way to participate and be a part of the thing. and it also is something that is a little more permanent and uncancelable. That goes from you and the app that you're using directly to our home nodes that we run ourselves. But it also can go to guests who just set up an Albi wallet or have a fountain account. It's really easy to just pop you into the uh, value tag of an RSS feed and get that thing rolling. And I don't have to call up anybody and ask for bank accounts or permissions. I don't have to wait three days for withdrawal. I don't have to do any of that bullshit that traditional fiat systems make you do. I don't have to uh, have this 
big ass fee taken off the top. It just goes instantly off the Lightning Network. And so we always start with Harv Hat. He's our delineator. And a song. Oh, yeah. We always start with a song, and I never, ever forget it. Not a single week have I ever forgot it. It goes like this. I'm going to boost some sides. I've got 40000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Ah, uh, yeah. It's fucking awesome. And who knows that better than Harv Hat, who came in with that 1420 sets at the fade out of last week. He's always there to make sure that I know how far to scroll back in the helipad to start reading again. He did it twice last week. So nice he did it twice, 1420 sats, once and twice. Thanks, Harvat. Thank you for both of them. Uh, That's 2840 altogether. Isn't that beautiful? I can multiply by two, just mental math like that. Amazing. Even though I'm in the bowl, I didn't have to carry any numbers, that's why. 6969 coming up next from Hey Citizen, uh, which we love to add a little splash to with. 69! 69, dudes! The author of the jingle you just heard. And uh, he's coming in from Podverse. He says, A Course in Miracles, lesson number 33. There is another way of looking at the world. Blasphemy and sacrilege 100% confirmed. Hey. (laughs) Thanks, hey, citizen. A little bit different. We like to do things a little bit different. What can we say? A new perspective, let's say. Or is it a nude perspective? Hey, maybe it's a combination. I don't know. Uh, it's a great number, though, because we had it again. 69! 69, 69, dudes! Yeah, 69, 69, coming from Fountain, from our boy Colin B. Oh, thanks, Colin. Of the KC Bitcoiners. He said, thanks for the note advice, brother. Anytime, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm excited for you to get your uh, Start 9 and set that up. I haven't had a hands-on experience with a Start 9, but I'm... I've heard nothing but good things ever since uh, I first heard about them from uh, Jack Spierko of the uh, um, Survival Podcast, who has been, that's his note of choice that he runs for his value-enabled stuff. So, yeah, I know that it's a great system. I I would love to try to interact with it, uh, or at least see it up close and personal. Um, Because I'm always looking at different note implementations, and I'd like to be able to give recommendations and usually when i recommend stuff i like to have a like a list of options rather than oh get this wallet oh use this app no you you want to try several things out uh because not only will that increase your education and the stuff you know but it also gives you an idea of what's out there and uh, gives you a chance to explore and find something that you like something that sings to you and makes sense to you so it's just like anything else. You know, there's a lot of options. You want a lot of options. You want a nice, healthy marketplace of competition, whether it's apps or nodes or whatever. So, yes. Appreciate the boost, sir, and uh, look forward to your node setup. 4200 Sacks comes in next, also from Fountain. This one coming from Circus Media. Thanks, Circus Media. He said, boosting the bowl and packing it tight. Puff, puff, bowlers. Puff, puff, pass. Yeah. Make sure you pass after that puff, puff, man. You don't want to be bogarting that bowl. I uh, love you, man. Next up, all sevens. That's right, jackpot boost 7777 sats from Mary Kate Ultra. All right. Thanks, Mary Kate Ultra. She's coming out of Fountain as well. She says, had to boost. Excuse me, there's another one coming in. Uh, she says, had to boost because Lorian's IKEA rant is on point. <laughs> Last time I was there, I had a grown ass adult temper tantrum in the store. <laughs> 
I have no shame. Finally got my money's worth. The cinnamon chemical smell triggers my enraged alter ego to take form. (laughs) That place is weird. There's a lot going on. You can tell you're being socially engineered from the moment you pull into the parking garage. Yeah. It really does start there. But uh, it's interesting. Let's say that way. It's interesting. Uh, There's no hope of escaping the social engineering, but if you can keep aware of it and try to, uh, I don't know, maintain your lane within all of the madness, that is sort of the goal. But hey, every once in a while, you also got to fly off the fucking handle. Don't get it twisted. Oh, definitely. You cannot take that option off the table. You can't just be like, hey, I can never snap out. No, you got to flip some tables. Sometimes you got to snap out, man. It just happens. And like, you can clean up the aftermath later and apologize and explain yourself. But like, sometimes if you push to the edge, you got to just freak out a little bit. Freak out. Uh, Random number theory in play because we have another 7777 sats from Harv Hat five days ago. Whoa, thanks Harv Hat. Uh, boosting that live bowls with buds cold acid. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we also had a boost from taste buds right at the end. I think that we uh, credited him in the show notes. Is that right? Or that might have been the next day, actually. It says four days ago. Yep. Sometimes it's hard to tell with these timestamps because it's like that 24-hour thing. It's not necessarily, you know, and we go quite late, so we run over the day. Yes. By the time we end this show, it's tomorrow. Every time. So, Hey. Who knows when the, that came in, but we appreciate your taste buds. You tasty bud, you. Uh, 3333 sats, if I didn't say so. And that's out of fountain. Uh, next up, 100 sats from Tunta. Hey! That's right, I said Tunta sent sats. Uh, out of fountain, he says Ikea minus minus. Thanks, Tunta. So, yeah. Given that, uh, given that Ikea the karma dang it deserves. I think... The social engineering there is hilarious. And you actually, <laughs> it's not like a temper tantrum you had, but do you remember your wide aisle uh, experience that you had at the Ikea? My wide aisle experience. Yeah. The way that they have it set up, you know, you're getting corralled down these aisles. And they have those carts that are super spinny. Uh, but this family in front of us was just walking oh my in a, God. a straight line. But the guy was walking really wide-legged, so no one could get around him. <laughs> and then, <laughs> First of all, it was a family of four fats, which is not uncommon. No, that's true. But a family of four fats. And in Ikea, there's just a fucking very square maze with 90-degree angles all the way through. Yeah. And uh, the shopping cart is a little bit of a pain in the ass because their shopping carts all four wheels spin around instead of just the front two right so it's cool because you can rotate the cart 360 degrees it's very maneuverable but when you're turning a corner the momentum still wants to go kind of in a straight direction yeah newton's laws of physics and shit you know so when you turn the cart your cart's still kind of going to the side and you've got a you know Keep on the right side of that aisle, that narrow aisle. Well, these guys are just shuffling along in like uh shoulder to shoulder, like they're like they're a friggin' British infantry regiment from the uh, <laughs> yeah. fucking Revolutionary War or something. Blocking the entire goddamn aisle and walking at half the speed of smell. Can't get around them. 
can't go around him. And I'm like, I know where I want to go. I want to cut to the chase at the end. I don't need to like peruse and shit. Yeah. Oh my God. And so I did like some kind of Monty Python funny walk and just kind of like. You're talking out loud about. I was just bitching so about wide. it out loud and. And it was so busy in there. It was like 9 million people in there. Way too many people never go on a Sunday. It's always a mistake. <laughs> You're like, I walk wide. I was like, I, I walk take wide. a wide walk. I like to take up room. I like to use my space. And I was just being very, very conspicuous. And people were pretending like they couldn't hear me or see me, which is a, a great situation. <laughs> I really like to uh, be in that spot personally. Yeah, it's ideal. Fuck them. It's like, yeah, come on, just scoot a little bit to the side, all right? I've got some shit to get done today. I know that you're just here on pleasure, but not all of us are. Why don't you go uh, graze on Ugh. some meatballs? Ugh. Ugh, indeed. Uh, here's a easy way to clear the uh. 169.69 coming in. 69.69, dudes! Coming from Hey Citizen, out of Podverse. Thanks, Hey Citizen. And uh, he is boosting that cold acid bulls with buds, by the way. Nice. So uh, cold acid got his cheddar off of that. He said he's listening to cold acid complain about learning Java. Thank you for the boost there. Uh, listening to cold acid complain about learning Java. My brother in Christ, I was born three years later in Quebec. My teachers were chain jizzing all over themselves when we got our brand new computer lab, and they announced with such glee that we would all get the privilege of learning Microsoft Office for the rest of our meaningless journeys through this meaningless system. <laughs> yeah, that was my school experience, too. Microsoft Office. We had uh, LibreOffice and the Penguin, so all of our stuff ran Linux at school. Oh, Just wow. because our school was so goddamn broke that was, like, no other option. You know, it wasn't like... It wasn't like they were based in uh, Fosspilled. It was like, oh, damn, look, this one's free. We don't have to buy a Microsoft license. <laughs> you know, like that, that, was the, that was the gist of ours. And yeah, what was it for? It was to open a Word document, uh, a, a Libra Word, you know, and uh, type a English paper on. It wasn't to learn programming. We never saw a shell window. We never CD'd into a fucking directory. We never learned nothing. I know. Nothing. Nothing. I learned how to click and type, click and type, click and type, click and type. And now everything's just pre-installed. So I think, yes, I would agree with Hey Citizen. Uh, there may be the possibility that Cold Acid does not know how good he had it. Even with his basic bitch beginner's Java 101 that he tested out of because he's just such a goddamn big brain genius. And hey, you know, uh, if you're looking for the public school system to give you some intellectual stimulation, uh, that was probably maybe hundreds of years ago that you could have gotten that. <laughs> so no, no time, uh, no time this side of the industrial revolution. Let's say. No. So. Yeah. It's sorry. If you're currently alive, then uh, no, not so much. You're taught to sit and stand at the proper time when a bell tolls Yep. and uh, shuffle around and be a good slave and be a cog in the machine. And now they teach the little kids not to hug each other and to stay a hula hoop's distance away. I mean, granted, it's getting worse. It's It was slightly better a while ago, but uh, as far as like awesome intellectually stimulating education, nah, it's not been in the cards for a very long time. Nope, not my lifetime. 
Little Freedom Boost is up next out of Fountain 1776 sats from Trail Chicken. Oh, buck buck. Thank you. Still have that as a bookmarked tab. Thank you. Uh, it, it works just fine. By bookmarked tab, I don't mean I put a bookmark in. I mean, there's a tab open that I use as a quasi bookmark. Forever. Because, honestly, uh, fuck my memory. <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't have 33 tabs open, what are you doing? That's true. Very true. Well, luckily for all of us, I do have 33 tabs open. And in one of them, I've got Helipad, which has the next boost. Another 6969. 69! This one coming from our boy Make Heroism out of Fountain. Thank you. Oh, yes. And here is the update so that I get this time right. Uh, MK and I are going to do another game night Sunday night, July 23rd. Thinking of starting closer to 7 p.m. Eastern this time around. There you go. So I nailed it. Nice rememberies. Points for me. Even a uh, stoned clock is right twice a night. Something like that. I don't know what is. Whatever Ben Franklin said. Uh, next up, 3333 sets from Starship Alves. That's your boy, Sir Paul the Book Guy. Starship Alves on... Uh, on Fountain and on Twitter, although he's suspended. Womp womp. Uh, Bird shite minus minus. He's coming out of Fountain, like I said. Uh, he boosted the cold, ap- uh, cold acid episode with this. He says, in all caps, I might a- add, Antifa is a government op. Flame, flame, flame. Uh, I don't know if this is part of his recent campaign or tirade or what got him banned or what, but... Uh, <laughs> He's spreading the message, Antifa is a government op, so in case you did not know, now you know. Thank you very much, Sir Paul. Looking forward to chatting on Friday, and uh, bowlers can be boosting him and filling that fountain wallet right back up, because we got a value tag linked directly to that fountain wallet. It's so easy. If you already use fountain, and if you're sending in boosts, uh, and then you want to do your own show, or you go on a guest on a show, your fountain wallet is already pre-set up to receive boosts in value tags. It's super easy. Ask me how. Spencer at bullafterbull.com. Uh, what's next? Oh, yeah, I did a test for his split, and it worked out, so that worked. Nice. You can, by the way, pre-boost those shows, uh, I believe in Curiocaster. I believe in Fountain. I'm looking around in Podverse, and I know they display like the upcoming live schedule, but I don't know if you can directly boost to those or not in Podverse. I feel like you should be able to, but maybe I'm just too dumb to figure it out. But the whole pre-boost uh, concept is a pretty pretty heady one, I would say. So you can get your pre-boosts in, or if you have a pressing question for Sir Paul, the book guy, you can always boost it in. You can also call the voicemail line, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, next up was 6969. Love that number. 6969, dudes! That one coming from Mary-Kate Ultra. Ooh. The Ultra in Mary-Kate's. And uh, coming from Fountain, if I didn't say it already, she said, pre-boost. Speak of the devil. There's the pre-boost right there. So she's just pre-boosting an hour before the show. We appreciate that. Uh, 1420 sats then came in from our boy Rev Cyber Trucker. Aw, thanks, Rev. King of the metal moment. King of the road. King of a lot of things when you get right down to it. Uh, he boosted 1420 sats from Fountain, and he said... Purple yams for the win. Nice. Well, we are winning with the purple yams, no doubt about that. I'm in the yams. I'm in the purple yams. 
4269 sats from Harvhat. That's how you know we went live. We hit that live uh, pod ping, announced to the world that we are indeed live, and we go live in all of those nude podcast apps that support live. Curiocaster, Podverse, Fountain, as we've been uh, stating. I believe Podfriend as well, Sports Live. Uh, I'm probably missing some. There you uh, go, listing. I know there's a few that support live, but they don't support boosts, so... Mm. Mm. Eh, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, they're just outside of my purview. I just... I only know what I know. You dig? Yeah. And it ain't much. Value enabled. Next boost, 257 sats from rdavis87. And that's coming out of Podverse. Uh, he says, Puff Puff Pass for episode 257, a bowl after bowl. Appreciate you. Nice, thank you. It's a show boost, 257 right there. Show boost. I was scratching my head for a second. 257, what could this mean? Oh yeah, that's a number. That's today. It's the number of times we've done this crazy thing. Kind of hard to imagine. And yet there it is. Uh, next up, four fives. That's 55, 55 sats from Pfeiffer. Oh, thanks, Pfeiffer. He hit us from the podcast index directly. Cause yeah, you can even boost from there. Podcastindex.org. Not only can you search through all of the shows in the podcast index, over 4 million of them, whew, but you can boost from there directly. Crazy. Incredible. New stuff. It's exciting. One, two, three, four, five from the guy that caught a fish alive, Sir Seat Sitter. Aw, thanks, Sir Seat City. Mr. City coming in from Podverse. <laughs> and uh, he says, balls. <laughs> balls, Margaret. Balls indeed. Uh, appreciate you, Sir Seat Sitter. And uh, congrats on two honey, by the way. Yeah, uh, congrats. Five ones, that's a sack of five Richards, 11,111 sats from Bully Steed. You know her as Bully Steed around these parts. Thank you, Bully. She's coming in from Fountain, and she just hit us with a little bowling emoji. My favorite, by the way, of all the emojis. It's a great one. I got a few favorites, but I'm a huge sucker for the bowling one. Uh, I also happen to like the combo of Peace Sign Alien Puff of Smoke. That's uh, That's another really great one. Oh, yeah. But uh, as far as just standalone emojis, I would have to say the bowling ball with the pins, fantastic. The best. The best. And then finally, that last uh, set of pins that you just heard knocked down only a mere eight minutes ago, that was 2,730 sats coming in from Podverse. Uh, that's Memes1337. Oh, thanks, Memes. Boosting in. He is again, according to his note, leap boosting the split. Uh, he says, Ikea after bowling is not recommended, wink. Unless you go straight to the meatballs. Hey. hey <laughs> well, sometimes we do go straight to the meatballs. They're so expensive, though. Yeah. They are overpriced. <laughs> yeah, everything's overpriced there now. For the quality of the crap. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Ikea. Ikea. Hope indeed. we don't need to go there anytime soon. Yeah, Gotta fingers cross crossed. Gotta cross into Kansas to get there, too. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a big sacrifice, really. On a lot of levels. On a lot of levels. Well, thank you all for boosting, for uh, sending in treasure. It's much appreciated, and it keeps the value momentum rolling down that lane uh, each week. But it doesn't just start and stop with treasure. That's right. There's a ton of other ways to contribute value to the bowl. Like Make Heroism did by sending in art. Or Hey Citizen with all the lovely jingles. You can make things for the bowl. You can send in new stories to show at bowlafterbowl.com. 
You can hop in the chat and participate in finding a hilarious cold open for us to use by just typing ISO in a little bit of the line so that Cotton Gin's ISO bot will grab it for us to look at later and laugh to. You can also simply pass the bowl to someone you believe will enjoy it. And perhaps simplest of all, you can answer our first time I ever question. This week, we want to hear about the first time you ever got a treat from the ice cream truck. All you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right, we'll play it. We don't screen them beforehand, so say what you want to say. Anything goes. You can also send pictures or text 816-607-3663 if you're voice shy or in a dead zone. Hey, some pins hit during that that Chris jingle. 6969 once again. Look at that. 6969, dudes! This is from Hey Citizen out of Podverse. He is, according to his Boostagram here, boosting to help raise awareness to the Sunday night game night, pot smoking motherfuckers with soundboards dropping knowledge. Maybe we use Telegram this time? Hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we use. I just show up and I click the links that are dropped and I'm in having a grand damn time. Um, because personally, I don't like Facebook and I don't like the internet and the library blocked my password. So I have no idea what the proper platform to use is. And thank God I I don't have to worry about it. I just click on the link. But yeah, maybe that's a question for the, for the organizers. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, what I do, what I do know though, that I can promise you is that <laughs> there's never going to be a, a, a platform everybody likes. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Yep. That's just, that's just uh, I've been doing this long enough to know that for certain. Because I can already hear groaning about Telegram in the back of my <laughs> mind. You know? I use it as well, but uh, I, I there's some real uh, anti-Telegrammers around. Yeah, we won't name names. We uh, <laughs> We might trigger something in the chat just by saying that word a third time so I won't instead uh, I'm gonna just trigger the jingle oh yeah everyone wants to build a node it's what you want to do to remain independent independent man be your own bank be your own bank you can even be your own bank and then your wife is sitting over there and she's her own bank too and mm-hmm. it's all separate from your own bank. Save for a channel between with no fees, because, yeah, like we like to say, it it uh, makes nothing but sense. Most sovereign. Absolutely. Oh, what's going on in Bitcoin-y Bitcoin land? Lots of things, lots of things. Uh, I saw the greatest uh, open mouth Wojak pointing to thing behind the meme, which was XRP dudes who were jumping up and down last week of... Uh, what what looked like a huge jump in the like twelve hour window that it happened, but uh, if you zoom out on the graph, was a bit of a snooze fest. But depending on who you ask, 
uh, either Ripple won their lawsuit or the SEC won their lawsuit. Uh, it kind of huh. was a split decision, but it did cause a massive uh, smash buy over in the XRP land for a little bit. So it like hit 60 cents or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't even track Bitcoin price for the most part because I find it very tedious. And uh, Yeah, plus one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. People jump up and down over like hour to hour or the daily changes or like, ooh, we're up 6%. since this morning right uh there was a discussion like that in the group chat actually for the coiners and people were like oh did i miss some news or like why was like the price is down what what happened and uh you know our running joke is that turbo um turbo was bullish for just a brief moment and so anytime that turbo is bullish then uh, the price immediately sinks Mm. because he's kind of the inverse signal uh, so, you know, we just kind of all memed that, but then, uh, I was busy at work and shit. I didn't have time to like chase price charts down. So then I go late that night once I'm home and I'm sitting down and I pull up the chart and it's like in the mid 30 K, uh, you know, it's like 30 and a half thousand for a Bitcoin. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> looking all through the chart and then I pull up the five day and I'm like, where's my discount? Like I'm, I'm expecting a high 20 smash buy or something. Right. I'm like ready to burn some more powder at some weird discount. And I'm like, it hasn't hit below 30 in the last five days. And if you zoom out more, like I was like, do you remember when Santa brought us fucking sub 17 K smash buys for Christmas last year? Like, does anybody have a fucking memory at all? I remember. We're not even a full year out from that. And now it's like in the 30s, it's it's hit 31 kind of as the peak through all this reclimb. So like if it goes from 31 to 30, like there's not anything to talk about. How is that something to talk about? I don't get, I don't understand. I don't understand price hype when it happens, but it can happen if someone just ekes a little fart out. Oh, we're up $300. Like, uh, like, all right. Yeah. Wonderful. Cool. It's a different mindset. I'm just like passing sats around, you know, like, you made me like get up off my chair and be like, "Oh, am I gonna spend some? Am I gonna get some ready some, some money? Am I missing out a big buy opportunity?" Nah, no. <laughs> Just another day. Just keep the trickle going. Dollar cost average, and then stop looking at the fucking price. That is yeah. my one bit of advice. Like, just put in a dollar a day or something, something that you're already gonna blow it on dumb bullshit somewhere else anyway. Like, if you drink a a soda a day, right, and you're going to the quick trip and getting like a fucking fountain soda for two bucks a day. Just stop doing that and buy two bucks a day. You're not going to miss the soda, and you're not going to miss the two bucks. But then next year, when you spent two bucks every day, your stack's going to be bigger, and you're going to be like, oh, shit. And you did that regardless of price, and uh, the DCA guys beat your rando average uh, amateur day trader over time because you're not worried about selling, and you're not making bullshit moves. You're not looking at, oh, my God, I bought at 20, and now it's at 18. Should I sell? (laughs) <laughs> lose my ass oh my god do you remember when yeah. santa brought us those fucking smash buys at sub 17k people were like i really can't stay in i really can't stay in oh it's all wrapped up and now we're at 30k like in the blink of an eye later really so you know don't be that irresponsible with your money that you literally lock up next month's mortgage payment over it but yo just write it out man if you zoom the fuck out, we're going nowhere but up for ages. Yep. So just chill out, man. 
Just relax. Just keep your shit. Don't sell your shit. Just keep it. Just hang on and enjoy the ride, man. I say this from 2014, okay? When somebody tells me Bitcoin crashed down to 16,000, I fucking laugh until tears come out of my eyes. And I buy. That's all. Yeah. Bitcoin's dead. Yeah, Bitcoin's dead. <laughs> Thank God. Bitcoin's dead. That means the normies can go uh, buy Ripple. Thank you. Um, what else? Oh, yes. Some interesting things happening. Some interesting things, including <laughs> this fun little story here uh, coming out of the block. Institutional investors shun self-custodial crypto solutions, according to a PwC report. Uh, the report found more institutional investors are recognizing the limitations of self-custodial solutions for their ongoing trading and operational needs. They got to have asset managers, man. They got to have custody. They got to have custodians. They got to have... Uh, and it's because they, they, it's just a completely different use case. The, the fintech bro and the traditional investors are looking for a different use case. They're looking to call their broker on the phone and say, are we buying? Are we selling? Where's my shit at? What percent are we up? How's my Q1? Uh, are we profitable? All that kind of shit, right? All that kind of drone brain type mentality. Are we profitable? Uh, Institutional investors in Asia are increasingly turning to third-party custody service providers to navigate the complexities of the $1.2 trillion digital asset market, pointing to the limitations of self-custodial solutions. You've heard this before, maybe many times. It's too hard. It's too hard. I can't write 12 words down. That's too hard. I can't build a node. What am I doing? Just hand it over to Big Daddy Government. Yeah, I need a guy. I need a guy who can sneak up behind me and fuck my butt for 3%, and uh, then I will feel safe and comfortable. I think that's what they're saying here. Yeah, it's safe and effective, don't you know? Exactly. Uh, At a time where uh, custodians are just burning to the ground from dumbassery, Prime Trust is a prime (laughs) example of poorly placed trust. (laughs) Imagine that. There you got all of your fucking money. They put it in, according to them, legacy wallets that they don't have access to. And then they just say, oops, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to get back into the wallets. Whoops. Yeah. Don't mind us sitting on all this coin. These are the fucking professionals, you know? So what you want to do is just scale yourself in. And you start with money that you could, yes, potentially lose. Oh, no. You know, you can set up a node and just play with tiny money. Fuck, you can set up a node at testnet if you're really scared and you want to go to church. Just set a testnet node up, play around. You'll soon learn that uh, you can actually figure out what's going on. And then you're empowered. And nobody's uh, staring at your butt cheeks licking their lips. It's not the position you want to be in, let me tell you. Oh my goodness, I just don't understand it. There was a new documentary out that uh, Bitcoin Twitter has kind of uh, been sharing. And uh, if you're on Noster, there's a lot of uh, a lot of sharing of this. Uh, the first Noster documentary, Social Media is Broken, Can We Fix It? is the name of that. Uh, features Jack Dorsey, you may have heard of him. Also, uh, William Kassarin of, of Damas. Damas? Damas? I guess Nostradamus, so it'd be Damas. Uh, 
Derek Ross of Noster Plebs, Andy Pitt from Ego Death Capital, and then Planetary Social's Rebel. Max DeMarco produced. Uh, I have not had the chance to sit down and watch this whole thing, but uh, it kind of lays out the vision of what the whole deal with Noster is, what it tries to kind of bring in and fix about how wrecked social media is and how there's just really a bunch of algorithms trying to steal your attention and, and fuck your brain up. Yep. Um, so it's a great, it's a great alternative. And uh, we got a Noster over there. Indeed we do. You can find me, I want to say it's uh, Sir Spencer at uh, nosterplebs.com. Now I have to look that up because, uh, you know, I'm on there all the time. I don't know. Social media, man, I like, I, I keep up with it for the show and for communicating with my internet friends because I, it's, that's my connection to them, right? And I love them. And yeah. many of them I've touched in real life. Uh, however, it's not like a place that I live my life. Yes, uh, Sir Spencer would be the name at Noster.fan is my, whatever you call it, the nipple f- nipple seven. Mm. Mine is DeLorean at Nosterplebs.com. There you go. Yes. So anyway, you know, it's, it's a nice little alternative where... Uh, it's not pounding you with notifications all the time. It's not uh, some kind of scripted algo that's... Uh, the, the fucking bird shite is always pushing tweets in your face that are from people you don't follow that you don't like. But they do it on purpose. Because you read something that pisses you off and you're like, I don't like this. And then you tap on the profile of the person who said it. And like you're in and you're going to go flame more some people. Right? <laughs> Such and bad it, magic. It drives engagement. And it drives, you know, it makes the machine go, and it's, like, very fucking effective. They've broken down how dumb we are and how uh, animalistic and tribalistic and uh, war-prone we are. It's super effective. They just, like, slip a tweet in that you don't want to read, but you don't want to read it so much that you're like, I'm looking up their proof. Like, you're engaged. You're, like, into it. It's crazy. We are crazy people. Crazy people. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I let you just uh, delve into the bird shite. Yeah, Ugh. I fucking post the episode once a week and uh, try to keep it at that, man. Try to keep it at that. Uh, Primal opening up its doors, which is a, a cool, a whole stack of technologies, really. I mean, it's more than just a wallet, um, the whole server uh, system. They are open sourcing their entire stack. They also opened up an Android Alpha and raised a million bucks in a fundraising uh, fundraising round. So look out for Primal to be busting out into the into the big time. That one's kind of interesting. Uh, they had a a little discussion with Odell over on Citadel Dispatch. So that was fun. And uh, yeah, it looks like some fun technology rolling out there. So perhaps, perhaps we're looking into all kinds of different uh, potentials and solutions, including for how to put together uh, the new version of our website. I would love to be able to boost just from our homepage and not need to drive anybody toward another app or, you know, you could uh, build in compatibility with other apps. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And so how we're going to do the the back end of that and sending the payments, that is still open for discussion. I'm looking at a lot of different development kits. And uh, you know me, it takes about five years for me to make a decision when it comes to stack, so... Well, you like to play around. It's good. Yeah, exactly. I like to see a lot of stuff, and I like to, uh, you know, play with it and break it and play with something else and break that and then try to see the least dumb one for me. What's least dumb for me? And it's a hard question to answer, man. It takes time. 
takes time, but I see a lot of promise over there, especially now that everything's opened up. So I really uh, love companies that do that. That's a good sign, always. Another good sign, uh, uh, I got a guide here in my hands that we will add to the show notes for Zapple Pay. That's right. Zap, even if they say it's forbidden, they blocked Zaps, as we talked about in uh, the Damas app, which is the iPhone app, uh, one of many Noster clients. So people, sometimes I get DMs of like, hey, how do I do a Noster thing? How do I set up Noster? Explain to me Noster. And Noster is not like Twitter, where you have to download the Twitter app or go to a Twitter web app. Noster is a protocol, and so you get a Noster client... And there are many, many, many out there. There are several for iOS. There are several for Android. There are some for the desktop. All uh, flavors in between. And uh, what happens is it's just the same as Bitcoin in that it is uh, private-public key pair-based. And so you spin yourself up a public key to let everybody know who you are. That's your identity. And then you have a private key that allows you to sign messages so sign posts and sign everything that you do on Noster. every time you make a post every time you like something or zap something whatever you sign it with your private key to uh kind of authenticate that that is indeed you and you can keep it pseudonymous just like you can with bitcoin you know there's not necessarily a name tied to this key it's just a key uh you can have many of these different public private key pairs and the cool thing about it is it's portable so you've got this private public key pair that represents you and you can load that up in uh Domus on an iPhone app and then you can run over to an Android phone and you can put that same identity into Amethyst and you'll have the same timeline with the same followers and you can toot a message from there and it shows up everywhere else and then you can go to your desktop on Coracle and you can load it up there and it's just the same uh account basically in the profile with different experiences uh running the same protocol so it's it's a very interesting thing. But anyway, back to this guide, Zapple Pay Guide. Uh, I got a quick guide here. This is from uh, from Habla News, or maybe it's Abla. Yeah, like Abla Espanol. Is yeah. that how it's spelled with an H? Well, it's got a little guy uh, speaking up in the upper left corner. I had not seen this before this guide, but uh, yeah, Abla. It's got to be Abla. Abla.news. Uh, there's a long guide here on how to set up the ability to zap posts, even if Apple says, nah, you don't want to, you got to go through the Play Store, or you got to go through the Apple Store so we can take our 30%. Mm. Uh, nope. Turns out, no, that's not true. All you got to do is send some sats, and Apple has absolutely jack shit to do with standing in the way of you and sending sats anywhere, regardless of whatever the fuck they say on their apps. So, ba bam, that's a fun guide. And uh, if you're an Apple slave, well... Here's how you can at least stick it somewhat to your uh, masses over there at Apple. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. Oh, I just got a couple more for you. One is that Mutiny Wallet beta is now open to the public, so there's another wallet to test out. I have not experienced this wallet. This is the first time hearing hearing about it, but uh, they got some interesting features. They're building off of Block's Lightning Development Kit project, so it uses LDK. They've also partnered with Voltage to be the main... uh, liquidity service provider uh you remember we talked a couple months back i think at least now about voltage launching their new liquidity service and flow 2.0 and uh i guess that mutiny was part of the development team helping to develop that flow 2.0 product uh 
Nice. Uh, but really what it allows you to do is have just-in-time channels and uh, receive your first Lightning payment right away, like right when you open the wallet up and set up your app. So there's no setting up a channel and waiting for the on-chain uh, c- uh, payment to confirm and all of that stuff that you would typically need to do with just a regular node on um, on your own. Uh, with the help of Voltage and their nodes that are already running, they can inject you with some uh with some liquidity to actually get going with lightning payments so um also the splicing that's a new that's a new feature channel splicing so um basically it allows it allows uncle jim kind of services like this to give their users a wallet that just has one big fat channel and that channel can be fattened up at any time if it needs to be to add kind of just-in-time liquidity to it it's it's a lot of cool stuff that's going on in the in the layer two lightning world that is making what used to be big time headaches with on-chain off-chain cocaine shit stain problems just kind of go away in the background seamlessly which is how this always goes like over time all of this stuff gets easier remember when you could only stream sats no such thing as a boostagram and if you wanted to stream those sats you had to get into a sphinx tribe yep Pepperidge Farm remembers you can fucking take that to the bank. Don't tell me this shit's too hard, man. We've done been too hard. It ain't that hard no more, and it's only getting easier. Uh, another announcement: Zeus Wallet announced it will no longer require users to run a separate node. Uh, but you still should. Yeah, definitely. That's that's my word. You still should run a node and then plug Zeus into it because it's a fantastic experience. In fact, I'm trying. I've been trying to find like a lightning wallet solution that is better and more reliable than Zeus connected to my own home node. And I haven't, I haven't. It is simply the best way that I've ever experienced to take and receive lightning payments, to send lightning payments and pay for stuff with lightning, uh, or just to receive good old fashioned Bitcoin on chain. It's still just nice to do right there from your own node and plugged into Zeus. You can do it from anywhere uh, with an easy setup of uh, some tour services. So uh, basically what Zeus is doing is uh, you can still self custody, no channel management necessary. And it's another kind of a development kit running on, on the background that basically spins up uh, a mini node on your own phone or your own device. There's an embedded node on your phone, which is how breeze has worked by the way, for a very long time. So they're just kind of getting into this whole, hey, let's make it easier for for the regular user to get in there. Mm. And uh, that drives adoption. I think that's good in a sense because it just gets more people involved. But, I mean, if you're this deep into this segment, I'm telling you that uh, your primo solution is still to run your own node and hook uh, Zeus up to it. And that way you are the man. Yeah. And everybody else can suck eggs. That's all. You want to be large and in charge. You want to be running your own infrastructure, I'm telling you. Uh, Final news that just came out yesterday. Binance finally completes integration of Lightning Networks for deposits and withdrawals. Wow. So the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange has enabled Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals via the Lightning Network, which people have been... uh, begging for for ages for all of these exchanges it's like yo i'm gonna buy sats why would i have to wait for on-chain confirmations and pay all these extra goddamn fees when i know the lightning network exists and i have several lightning wallets that i could 
shoot this shit too immediately for damn near free. So according to their announcement, Binance has completed the integration of Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. Deposits and withdrawals for Bitcoin are now open. Uh, you can find your assigned deposit address on the Lightning Network. And uh, they first promised the to integrate back in uh, May when the first crazy fee environment really uh, ramped up. But uh, people have been demanding this for years now. And uh, that's the thing about demanding things from an exchange or any other third party. It's like, okay, well, you can you can yell on Twitter, but uh, really they're going to do what they're going to do on their own timeline. That's all. Yep. That's all. If you want to call the shots, you really want to build a node. That is my closing statement, and uh, that is the shit stain for this evening. Very nice. And I appreciate you coming to my TED Talk. Uh, but now it's time for my favorite segment, personally. Top 333. All right. There's been a lot of rain. <laughs> well, yeah. And it affected the magic number this week. Uh-oh. First, I saw that the death toll rose to 33 amid dangerous flooding in South Korea. Oh. Then I saw that in Delhi... 33 students had to be evacuated from their school due to flooding. Again. And I sat back and I said, where is Vermont? Why has Vermont not gotten a magic number headline? Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, four hours ago, flooding affects operations at 33 Vermont wastewater treatment facilities. Wow. Well, they had to dig for it, but they found it for you. Yes. I got it. He knew it would come through. On show day, nonetheless. They tried to get it down to the wire, but you think Lorian's going to miss something like that? I don't think so. Mm Mm-mm. Got my thumb on the pulse of the 33s. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when you put your thumb there. (laughs) Right on the 33. Yeah, I also realized that the Americans with Disabilities Act turned 33 years old this past week. Wow. I only know that because I saw a poster for some celebratory event. Featuring communist fists all over it. Well, it is for the disabled, after all. I'm disabled. (laughs) And uh, I saw that 33 counties in North Carolina will be benefiting from an $80 million grant to expand high-speed internet access to them. All cash, baby. My favorite part of the story is that the grants are called Great Grants. That's growing rural economies with access to technology grants. They're great. Uh, But for companies to participate in this program, they have to uh, offer low-income households a $30 a month discount. Mm. And it's part of this affordable connectivity program. So, And high-speed, I wondered, okay, what's high-speed internet? They have it defined as a minimum of 100 megabits per second for download and 20 for upload. I mean, that is reasonably high speed. Yeah. It's It'll not get you there. It's not blazing fiber or nothing, but like, you know, it does most of what you need to do. Yeah. I get you stream your Netflix just fine. <laughs> what more do you need? If you can go your Netflix, it's pretty high speed, man. Just the, the porn load? Good. Yeah, also, uh, air traffic has risen 33% this June as compared to last in India. 
I saw it and I was like, huh, I didn't know flights were really taken off like that. Ayo. The good old US of A, but then I saw it was from India, so. Ah, uh, that makes sense, yeah. It made a lot more sense. Not our airline industry. But I'd like to go somewhere where it makes a little less sense behind the curtain. Ooh. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't you hear that knocking every 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm thinking that they're still alive down there. Yeah. No, it's the bag of blow. Yeah? Uh, it was a giant nothing narrative. Who could have predicted this? But they dragged me into it to bring it up again because the Secret Service had a spokesman come out and say, well, we found small amounts of marijuana twice before at the White House. And we didn't make any arrests in those cases either. Oh. Aren't you shocked? Yeah. Shocked to hear that there's weed in the White House. I couldn't believe it. Should uh, call it the greenhouse, man. Twice? Whoa. Well, hey, now, with that bag of blow, I think it's the White House for it's sure. back to white. White confirmed, baby. Uh, yeah, I just really hope for your outlook uh, the scandal silver lining you presented last week. It could turn around, but I don't. I'm not holding my because breath. Because to me, weed's not a big deal at all. However, it is federally illegal. Now, the statement that I saw written out is this verbatim. No one was arrested in those marijuana incidents because the weight of the marijuana confiscated did not meet the legal threshold for federal charges or D.C. misdemeanor criminal charges as the District of Columbia had decriminalized possession. Mm. The marijuana was collected by officers and destroyed. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet they destroyed it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's their job, right? They gotta get the uh, weed destruction device out. Make sure it's all destroyed, not... Yeah, you missed a corner there. There you go. Oh, shit. Got it. Yeah, just to recap in case you missed it, they talked about it being a waste of their time and resources to interview 500 people, that was the number that got thrown out, to try and figure out whose blow it was. However, it was stated on the mainstream media that it was found in locker number 50, and the key to that locker is missing. Oh, no. So, like, it's, I would think it wouldn't be difficult to see who used that locker that day. Right. Yeah, you'd think it would be a, just a... I don't need to interview 500 people. I can just look at security tapes. Yeah. But it's a two-tiered justice system. So some people are allowed to have the drugs, and others will pay fines and go to jail. It's tale as old as time. <laughs> but anyway, there's different states sending their data to the Biden administration hoping to help out with this rescheduling review when mm. it comes to the consideration on behalf of the Food and Drug Administration with the Department of Health and Human Services as to whether weed should be a Schedule 1 drug or perhaps a lower scheduled drug and ideally removed from the Controlled Substances Act altogether. Uh, but if you are a card-carrying medical patient, you know you're being tracked, all your purchases. I guess when you go to the doctor and get, you know, renewals or the recommendation in the beginning, because Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Utah said that they have all 
sent information about the products patients are using and how they are affected health-wise after using those products. Mm. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to speed things up. Uh, the Department of Health and Human Services said, you know, maybe end of year. And it's a great little tool in the tool belt with election coming up, the big election Oh yeah, next year. So, yeah, maybe end of year, maybe end of next year. But no rush. Yeah, just right after, as long as you vote for us, we'll definitely do it fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Free the weed. Because, like, that's what we do. Yeah. Man, f*** them studies. Yeah, fuck those politicians and their campaign lies. Uh, did you see Janet Yellen eating the uh, Ching mushrooms? No. When she visited China? No. Well... <laughs> I guess uh, the name means sea hand blue because the inner surface of this mushroom bruises and turns blue when you apply pressure on it Okay. or slice it. They look like little potatoes. They're really cute mushrooms. But they're known to have hallucinogenic properties, and she ate four servings of them. Scientists haven't identified what compound is responsible for creating the hallucinations either in these mushrooms. As CNN reports. Interesting. <laughs> so it's not psilocybin, it's something else. Mm-hmm. Something unidentified. But, and this is an important but, when the mushrooms are fully cooked, they're not hallucinogenic. Ah. Uh, and I presume, being at a restaurant, they were very fully cooked. Yeah. Um, the story broke from a blogger, actually, like a food blogger in China that crept on by and reported on what everyone was eating at that meeting, this, you know, U.S.-China meeting at this restaurant. Sure. And it's driving a lot of hype to that specific cuisine and, of course, these mushrooms now. And, and that restaurant. Yes, and that restaurant. But you won't see me spending my hard-earned sats or fiat fun coupons in communist China. Hell no. Oh, my God, so trendy. But it's such a great tourism plot here don't you think great marketing good job that's what i have to say i mean if janet yellen if janet yellen is eating it man i want a plate (laughs) come on well it's funny because the new york post uh wrote up an article and they said well maybe the hallucinations explains her embarrassing bowing mishap no (laughs) no no these are just idiots yeah the are in charge. I mean, have you seen Janet Yellen speak for longer than mm. three seconds ever? It's always the most awkward shit you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, this bow was really awkward, too. Uh, she's, she's shaking hands. It's a handshake. Okay. With this Chinese counterpart, mm-hmm. for lack of better term. And then she just starts bowing profusely, like over and over again. She starts bowing to him. Damn. And he backed off. Like, he took a step back and then, like, went rigid. Like, wow, I am way superior to you, aren't I? Such a sign of weakness, you know? And this was all in the name of uh, helping the U.S.-Chinese relationship or whatever. Oh, And then you just kowtow to them. When they do the the Democrat uh, administrations, it seems like, and they do their little global tours, like it's just a big cuck fest every time. Fucking embarrassing. Oh, you are better than us. You are better than us. We want you to know that you're better than us. Like, 
uh, okay, well, even if it's true, why would you admit that? <laughs> even in something as little as body language. No. Learn how to do the damn thing, man. I don't understand it. Yeah, you're a politician. Posture. Yeah, come on. Supposed to be negotiating on our behalf to get the best uh, situation. At least give me a good illusion that you're large and in charge. Exactly. You know, like, I want to view you as authority. Convince me. Yeah. Convince me that I need you. Lie to me, baby. Exactly. Make me spread those cheeks. <laughs> Bend me over. Show me the 50 states. No. They never do. They don't impress at all. That don't impress me much. You know what else doesn't impress me is whenever they have medical segments on about weed. Oh, jeez. I sat down because I heard this doctor open his mouth, and I couldn't believe he was real. <clears throat> he is a he works at a an LSU hospital, I believe. It's not a this motherfucker is not real moment. <laughs> no, not quite yet. <laughs> you know, is my eyes deceiving me? No, he was there, <laughs> and I clipped it, and I went to cut down the clip. But I just couldn't because I have to set you up with where News Nation is coming from. And then everything he said was just ridiculous. So uh, let me play it for you. In today's checkup, new CDC data shows emergency room visits related to the use of marijuana among people under 25 years old increased during the first three years of the pandemic. The data found more than 539,000 cannabis-involved emergency department visits from 2019 to 2022 among kids, teens, and young adults. The weekly average rose significantly as well for children under the age of 14 years old. Joining us now to talk more about it, Dr. Corey A. Bear of the LSU School of Medicine. Doctor, good morning to you. Why do you think this happened, this uptick during the pandemic of pot use sending people to the hospital? Well, well, there's so many reasons. I mean, first of all, this is not your grandmother's marijuana. Oh, I mean, this marijuana is, is hydroponic. This marijuana <laughs> is engineered for certain things, and it's, it's just a lot stronger. But that's really not the major reason. What, what drove this, and I work with a lot of college students, um, is that boredom, anxiety. I mean, you know, they were, they were thinking that the world was going to be over because of this pandemic. They've never seen anything like this. So trying to get better back into society, trying to get their lives back on track. That's a very scary thing. People use drugs and alcohol to escape. I mean, let's be honest. When we go home and have a nice Cabernet, when we first tried that, it didn't taste great, but we got a taste for it. And now we theoretically use it to to uh, to relax a little bit when you get home. The teenagers use marijuana for that because there's no penalty for overuse. You know, if you drink a bottle of Cabernet tonight, then tomorrow, generally, hopefully you won't feel so good the next day. But you can smoke weed every day and have no consequence as far as the penalty for overuse on your body. So they escape from their realities and then they start realizing that they've done too much. The other thing now is that the marijuana is laced with so many things down down in New Orleans. We've had a lot of young people die from fentanyl overdose because it was laced in marijuana. There's so many things that are in marijuana right now. And one thing I'll tell young people and anybody out there that smokes marijuana that you buy from a criminal that the criminal doesn't care about your pure high. The criminal cares about making money. So they will put anything in marijuana so they can stretch it and make money. So with that being said, I stretch would really it with fit. Hold on. Yeah. Pause the motherfucking tape. <laughs> I've had all I can take. Stretching marijuana with fentanyl? 
Yeah, I don't know how you stretch plant matter. The with, fuck uh, is he talking about? Liquid or powder. How do you He doesn't weed? know what he's talking about. He's oh, saying the talking voice. Oh, if I sprinkled three crystals of fucking fentanyl onto a nug, I can kill the whole fucking state of Michigan with it. But that's stretching the bud. It's not even going to make a difference on the scale. No. This guy's out of his fucking <sighs> mind. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. But- with the most tired ass overused. Same old, same old shit. Not your granddaddy's weed opened right out of the fucking gate. Yawn. I just want to point out that I could have simply isolated him saying, you can smoke weed every day. I did catch that. Smoke weed every day. Oh, hell yeah. I got a doctor saying you can smoke weed every day. And with no consequences either. With no consequences. Yeah. No cascading catastrophic consequences. He's accidentally saying the quiet part out loud. Well, he'll do it again, I believe. Oh my god! And then back, he was like, "Well, you know, today it's it's hydroponic, it's, electronic, yeah. <laughs> embryonic, exactly. It's engineered, gin and tonic. <laughs> like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Hydroponic? Okay, so like you can grow it inside, and you have to Ooh. in the legal states if you are a law-abiding citizen. Yeah, but federally illegal still. So you know." So, yeah, also, if you buy it from a criminal, that's everybody. Yes. Asshole. That's regulated shops out there breaking federal law, selling you a Schedule One substance that's federally banned. You're still buying it from a criminal. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Also, come on. Who had the money to afford to play and or pay to play in getting those licenses? You (laughs) pushed me over the edge with stretching the weed with fentanyl. Yeah, and the body stacking up. He mentions like oh, yeah. students dying. Show me the bodies. I have not heard of a single person who died they from weed keep, laced with just fentanyl. Just keep saying it over and over. That makes it true. Yeah, or it, it makes no business sense. It makes no human sense. It makes no drug culture sense. There's no fucking reason. Other than, and we've discussed this many times, but I'll say it again every fucking time, the only reason you would ever want to spike weed with fentanyl is if you're trying to fucking kill somebody. That doesn't make you more money. It does not, no. That ends your money, your income stream. (laughs) No. And they ain't out here on the streets doing that shit, I can tell you. No. It's absurd. It's an absurd fucking boogeyman that they always want to trot out. Yes. the only source for it is up there... On the fucking teleprompter. Yes. The weed laced with fentanyl stories have come. A memorable one was in Connecticut where a police report claimed that they found the weed with the fentanyl mixed together already. No description of how. No description of what was going on. And then they retracted it. Um, Because, oh, right. It was a faulty test. One of those super sensitive tests that they Mm -hmm. have in their labs, a shitty test that they shouldn't even bother using, total waste of taxpayer money. And then they were like, well, maybe it didn't happen that time, but it's happening all the time. And it was like, this weed is laced with fentanyl, cocaine, methamphetamines. It's like they jammed every drug into that weed. This is Viagra. Because it's not your granddaddy's weed. It's hydroponic, supersonic. Electronic. God damn it. I know. The, words are words. 
they just say stuff. They just say stuff, and if they keep saying stuff, people are like, oh, yeah, it's true. I heard that uh, another time, too. That guy's a doctor at a university. Look, he's got a white coat on, and I know what he's talking about. Yeah. All right, I'm going to back it up a little, and uh, you can get more outraged. Okay. I told you this was ridiculous. It, it's I wasn't prepared, even though you prepared me in marijuana so they can stretch it and make money. So with that being said, I would really advise people not to buy a lot of marijuana and smoke it because you will end up in the ER eventually. And I understand, and, and many uh, will, the risks of fentanyl laced. Or- Do you want to pause it there? Because, I mean, I've smoked a lot of weed and I've never ended up in the ER If the, uh, with weed. If what you have indeed is weed, there's nothing the ER is going to do for you. What are they going to do for you? I'm too high. I'm freaking out. Okay, well, sit down and drink some water and chill out. Oh, yeah. And then we'll release you 12 hours later. I don't know. They might give you some fucking chill pills. Yeah, they'll find ways to get your money. They'll bill you. They'll bill your insurance. But what are they going to do for you that you can't do with a kitchen sink? (laughs) Nothing. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just so irritating, man. Like. Even the kids getting sick on the carts, that hyperemesis. People just lap it up. They just eat this shit up. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you can scary. Aren't you scared? I'm scared. It's scary. Well, that's how the mainstream media rules. It's all fear porn, you know, trauma-based entertainment and people love it. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Bowlers out there. If you've been, if you've been in the ER for weed, let us know. Oh yeah. Call and leave a voicemail at 816-607-3663. Yeah. The doctor last week said that even if you experience vomiting from, you know, using oils and cartridges and whatever, you can simply take a hot shower. Right. And that all goes I remember away. that one. And this guy said over and over that there's no consequences, you know? Yes, he did. Except for going to the ER and dying. If you buy a lot, if I you would buy suggest, a lot, I suggest you don't buy a lot of weed and smoke it. Well, what? Could make you a target to be robbed, I suppose, and that could land you in the ER if you buy a lot of weed. There are some certain dangers associated with weed, and they all, they all are directly related with it being prohibited. Exactly. <laughs> so, come on, man. All right, I'll let this lady ask her last question. After another drug laced in marijuana, but specific to pot, is there something health-wise that's sending kids to the hospital? What are the health risks with, with can you overdose on pot? Not, not on marijuana directly. And I want to be very clear about that. This is not bashing marijuana. You know, I, I actually, mm. marijuana is used in, in medical uh, ways and people prescribe it every day. Um, that's not the issue. Not marijuana as far as overdose, but what can be put in it. I mean, we have bath salts being put in marijuana, mm. we have cocaine being put in marijuana, Ew. all different types of, uh, of just anything. I mean, we actually have things that we've seen in the United States called clickums, where you take a marijuana cigarette and, and soak it in formaldehyde and then smoking and people smoke that and never come back and that's what i try to explain to people you cannot just buy marijuana from someone on the street and then think that it could be you know it's always going to be perfectly pure because the person that's selling it to you is not trying to be your friend the person that's selling to you is trying to make money and it is a business so marijuana itself doesn't cause overdose but what it can do to young people obviously is cause that amotivational syndrome which makes you kind of not care about stuff and then if you don't care about stuff you don't care about your grades and you're in school you don't care about your job then 
after you're high for about a week, then you realize it's that things have gone haywire and then <laughs> you want to smoke more because now you can't escape with what you you have to escape from what you've uh, produced as far as your life. So it's a really slippery slope. You got to be careful. Message received. Not your grandmother's pot. Oh, anymore, yeah. Right? Let's circle it's back. Too risky, yeah. too dangerous. Uh, Dr. Corey A. Bear, thank you for the important message to kids, to parents. Yeah, not your grandmother's pot, because it's mine, bitch. Too risky, too dangerous. Weed. Too risky, too dangerous. Can you overdose? No. Uh, are there any consequences the next day? No, no. Not for marijuana, for marijuana, but like, oh, all this other shit that they put in it all the time because your dealer is not trying to be your friend. Bro, you don't know my guy. Also, doesn't that guy sound like he might have done a few clickums before the show? You don't know my guy, bro, and what he's trying to be. Fuck, man. I mean, where do you find formaldehyde? At a fucking funeral home? Uh, we used to do this, I mean, I mean, uh, kids do this one thing called uh, clickums. <laughs> you ever heard them clickums? Bro, I never heard my clickums in my no. life. It sounds like some kind of fucking poo jar sniff shit, like the fucking meme shit, you know? Exactly. I mean, people do dumb shit for meme shit. Yes. Okay? That much is true. But uh, most people are just smoking weed, okay? And it's very laid back, and you don't have to be any fucking kind of genius expert to grab a bag of weed and look at it and sniff it and break it up with your fingers and know if you got good shit or bad shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like fucking, you learn it when you're 16, 17 usually. Yep. I had that figured out in a week. No, I didn't have my whole life fall apart in a week after trying weed. In a week after trying weed, I learned what was good, what was bad, how to smoke it, what you're looking for, how to get stoned, all that kind of shit. Yeah, and you learned it in an environment where that information is not readily available to you because it was totally fucking prohibited illegal. Yeah, we couldn't talk about it out loud and have adults overhear us and shit. It's a war. The war on drugs, you know? different landscape now. Yes. And... (sighs) So they're just trying to keep this boogeyman alive by any means necessary, but dude, I don't know who's falling for this shit still. Right. There's too much information out there. Too much truth has leaked out. I don't know, man. It's very weird. I don't understand the... They're putting a bath salt in there? Well, they putting in a... You know who wants this message coming across. Big Pharma. Well, yeah. Because then they can regulate it and patent different medicines that use uh, cannabinoids from the plant, press them into pills mixed with other crap, and get people addicted to them and make a bunch of money. Because, you know, they just want to make a bunch of money. <laughs> They want to stretch it out. They don't care about you. Oh, yeah. You mean your doctor's not trying to be your friend? He's just trying to make money? Wild, right? You you mean the head shop's not trying to be your friend? They're just trying to make money? Oh, you mean McDonald's is not trying to be your friend? They're just trying to make money? Do it for everyone who sells you anything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, the singled out attacks. It makes no sense. Nope. It holds up to no absolute, like, even the tiniest bit of scrutiny. It just gets obliterated. Give me a break. Try harder. Yeah. My grandma didn't smoke weed, okay? So no shit, it's not my grandma's weed. (laughs) Figure out a new fucking line, dipshit. Seriously. Well, there was a wild story that Weed Week scooped, um, which was that a worker at an Illinois facility uh, working for Green Thumb Industries died on the job. Uh oh. And the guys over at Weed Week, they're independent. He did some digging, came up with a follow up article 
um, because he found out that this woman was 60 years old, had COPD, and had ridden an ambulance out of there three or four times before for not being able to breathe. So was it exacerbated by the room she was working in? You remember the incident in Massachusetts where a worker died and they were saying it may have been from inhaling the ground dust? Right. I think like the pollen makes more sense. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's all very, very sketchy. sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Rest in peace. That's a horrible story. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they're trying to get to the bottom of it and see, you know, and of course they point out, well, Green Thumb, they don't have a union, so these oh, workers aren't represented. That's as. probably the problem. She died of not being uh, represented by a fucking union. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. Yeah, you know where I stand on that matter. But God, the unions are so fucking annoying, dude. She, They did mention that she used to work a desk job, and then she went onto the production floor, which I think is an interesting move for a 60-year-old with COPD. I would think they'd want to be more stationary. And there's quotes from a supervisor saying, yeah, she left work early a lot because she was not feeling well, and she would be anxious and say she couldn't breathe in deep and have to take her inhaler and some strange pill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> 60, man. That yeah. reminds me. I forgot to take my strange pill today. Oh, yeah. I skip on the strange pill. <laughs> I choose whiskey instead. There you go. <laughs> Got allergies? Drink whiskey. Yeah, uh, when you can, you should get a hold of a bottle of chicken cock that your good boy uh, Circus Media gave you. Yes, thanks, Circus Media. So, you know, today is Token Tuesday. Of course. We, we don't play around with stupid hashtags or anything, but stupid people do. Mm-hmm. Like the DEA. Oh, my and God. And they've decided that it is hashtag Tip Tuesday. Tip Tuesday. Yeah, like just the tip. Oh, do they have like hot tips for us? Yes. They had seven hot tips, and I'm not going to read them. Because, duh, tip one is that it's not your grandmother's weed. No, they were seven tips for young people. It's seven things they can do instead of using drugs. Do you know how bad you sound? And I will summarize by telling you they are trying to convince the teenagers to spend more time on legacy social media becoming influencers and playing video games. <laughs> okay. I thought that was a very interesting cultural shift. Yeah. I thought that's what you didn't want to smoke weed because that's all it would lead to. That's what I thought. Video games are definitely enhanced with weed. Everything's enhanced with weed. But telling kids they should try and make a profession out of social media. You you know what you want to do? Go Put for the down- likes. Put down the crank, put down the weed, and go and make something of yourself. Go be a Twitch streamer. You know, you just if you spent more time staring at your phone, we know that you would be a good slave. So just do that. Obey. You will obey. Yes. Click the ad and make a purchase and obey. You want to be like everyone else. Look at those pictures we're pushing into your newsfeed. Isn't that lovely? You could set it up at the right angle, too. You could spend hours a day and maybe make some money. Not much, though. Gotta chase clicks and numbers that are too big. So gross. 
I didn't like that. I think that uh, social media has a more detrimental effect on the developing brain than most drugs. Yeah. Especially weed. Especially weed. And that's what they want to go after, you know, weed. The low-hanging fruit. Mm, teens, you think you're bored? Don't try weed. Play video games. Push your ass out to the side. Take a picture for everyone. God forbid that you would, like, have a good time and laugh really hard and uh, relax a little bit. Not take yourself too seriously. Well, that's always a problem for the authorities. People who don't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, the goofballs. Who, hey. Are you having fun? There's no fun allowed here. Reminds me of Bill Hicks, the ride, man. We got a lot invested in this ride. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I have a follow-up story. This was a tale that came to us back in April. And uh, finally, some action has been had in Phoenix, Arizona. It smells like skunk weed, and um, I don't know how, how come nobody else has ever complains. After our story aired in April, neighbors did complain. Today, in a virtual hearing. We are attempting to bring to light a significant odor issue <laughs> being caused by this cultivation site that has largely gone unaddressed. That was the voice of Corey Foley, an attorney for neighboring businesses. City inspectors say the pot company, TrueLeave, has made big improvements, uh -oh. adding air scrubbers, carbon filters, and sealing holes in the roof. But as of yesterday, it still smelled outside. A representative for the marijuana company said they've made significant progress in sealing off the odor, but they need more time. In the end, the city hearing officer gave TrueLeave six months to come up with a plan and put that plan in place. At that point, they'll see if it works and keeps that skunk smell inside the building. Yeah, it can be disturbing here, but, uh, you know, is what kind of rule or law is the city enforcing and uh, is it illegal to be kind of stinky? It is illegal. <laughs> so a company doing business in the city of Phoenix agrees that it will not at emit any odor at any level exceeding huh. ambient conditions. So in this case, it means that any marijuana smell needs to be contained within the boundaries of the property. In this yeah. case, it has not been. If you've mm -hmm. driven along I-10, you know that. What, they get Cheech's knees to do the read? <laughs> uh, is it illegal to be kind of stinky? I love that. So what the deal here, you know, uh, legal to be stinky or what are we uh, going to get arrested, man? Her voice reminded me of that sheriff in Briscoe County Jr. towards the end of the series. Oh, just like a goofy just accent. A dopey, that's like, like kind of a lisp, kind of an accent. Overcommitted you know? to uh, some kind of weird voice. Yeah. Hey guys, this is kind of silly, but like, <laughs> is it illegal? <laughs> is it like illegal to be like thinky? <laughs> because uh, I'm going to have to change my underpants maybe. Uh, if it's illegal to be stinky, then I guess I'm breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> smells like jail for me, baby. You know I smells like that skunk weed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you're coming downtown with us, ma'am. She'd guilty of smelling stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the pokey. Mm. Not the pokey, the chokey. The okey-dokey. We, we really are behind the curtain. <laughs> oh, In California, decriminalized California uh, is now cleared to start gathering signatures for their 2024 ballot initiative to legalize psilocybin. Oh, damn. 
Yes, they need 550,000 signatures just about by January 10th of next year. And I haven't read their bill in full, but I glanced it, scrolled it. 21 plus legal to possess and cultivate. So we'll see. In Hawaii, Governor Josh Green signed a bill that uh, now makes it a requirement for hemp producers to get licensed and also establishes a hemp task force. Womp womp. Then in Idaho, activists have gotten the green light to go ahead and start gathering signatures for medical weed. Putting that on the ballot, hopefully. Nice. I hope they have some funding to pay their signature gatherers. Even We say this week after week, bowl after bowl. You gotta pay to play. You gotta have it. It's part of the getting it across the finish line. Yep. And Idaho has been trying and fighting for years for medical. Yeah. That's gonna be a long fight, man. It's like Nebraska. Yep. It's like a race to who's gonna be last on that one. Yeah. And you gotta hope that some legislator doesn't come through and just say, well, okay, there are real medical needs. We'll give them CBD if they have Intractable epilepsy, proven by trying three prescription drugs beforehand. Because Missouri was on that trip for a minute. Yeah. It's like, uh, how many times have you almost died? Because it's got to be a lot before we can give you medicine. Yeah, it's messed up. Uh, In Maine, Governor Janet Mills signed a bill allowing pot to be sold at events. Well, you know, if you're a pot shop, you can sell your pot. State licensed, uh, and you got to apply for a permit at least thirty days before the event, Ugh. and you got to get proof of approval from the municipality, and you have to draw a diagram of how the event's going to be laid out, and a bunch of other crap. <laughs> Every day is an event in my world. What the fuck? I know. Mm. And start sending the maps in. You're going to be really sad about this next one, but the owners of Club Castaway in Massachusetts are no longer focusing on opening a topless dispensary inside of their strip club. They're just trying to get their doors reopened. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, Club Castaway has been around since the 70s. Okay. It's uh, Franklin County's only strip club. But then the scamdemic came through. Yeah. They had just gotten bought. The original owner sold it in 2019. And then, oof. Got to shut your doors. Strip clubs are not an essential service. And uh, nah, they're just trying to get back going. So hopefully in August, Club Castaway will be back. Well, just in time. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, then they can focus on figuring out the topless weed retail side of things. I think it's a great idea. Don't give up the dream, man. Don't let your memes be dreams. Seriously. And they've already... Done uh, interviews about that like years ago. That was their idea and their dream. So it's all them, and I want to see them succeed. It's a great, it's a great idea. I mean, it's almost as cool as like a bowling alley that would sell weed, but it's it's up there. It's very cool. I, if you had a bowling alley, sure you could do like topless Tuesdays, you know, where that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Tits and weed, man. But they go together like uh, tits and anything. Yeah, that's value. Right there. No doubt. I want my bud tender, butt naked. Uh, but we're just settling for tits here. In New York- uh, value. <laughs> Sorry. In New York City, um, the Department of Taxation and Finance sent agents to raid 22 unlicensed weed stores. Oof. You'll be happy to know that 
all but six of them reopened the next day. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah, they're just going to accept the fines. It's uh, $10,000 a day, and if they keep being a repeat offender, it'll up to 20000 a day, but that's the cap. $20,000 fine per day. Oof. We can outsell that. Yeah, and I... Let's go, go, go. One of these stores was the Empire Cannabis Club, and I think they're preparing a legal move on it because it's a club with members. Right. And they seem to believe that makes it legal somehow, even though, you know, weed's federally illegal. Uh, but they've paid their fair share of taxes. According to the owner, $3 million in taxes last year. Ugh. So, come on. Yeah, that's like, doesn't mean shit, does it? <laughs> they don't leave you alone still. Oh, no, no. You'd think that that would uh, earn you some kind of respect, but no way. No. It's never enough. Nope. They'd always rather have you dead. They don't give a fuck about the three million. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You gotta have that license, man. <laughs> Yeah. So gross. And pay more in, you know, taxes and fees and renewals and, ugh, jump through more hoops. And, oh, we can only give so many licenses, so sorry, but you don't even have a chance. Yeah. Enter our totally fair lottery system. I know. And that doctor was talking about criminals selling weed. As soon as you walk into a legal store, it's like, okay, here we go. You gotta be (laughs) crimed up, mobbed up just to get the privilege. To sell it, quote, unquote, legally. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Speaking of privileges, there's a man in Oklahoma who's raised a stink with his local media because he was denied his gun license renewal because he's a medical patient. Oh, no. And what really bums me out is Oklahoma is a permitless carry state. Right. So, in my brain... That's the same as constitutional carry. It might not be quite as free and open, but I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Trying to renew that license, man. You know, just like leave it alone. This is, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but he's been a concealed carry permit holder for 10 years. And the only thing that changed is he got a side effect from taking gabapentin. He ended up with neuropathy and his doctor prescribed him medical weed to treat the neuropathy. And now- He's been told, sorry, we can't renew your license. Oh, and don't even try buying a gun. So absurd. Mm-hmm, Free people don't ask permission. So fuck this permit bullshit, man. Well, that was the risk of becoming a medical card-carrying patient. Correct. You're in a database that singles you out. Yep. So. Yeah. Why, why give them all of the fucking cards to, yeah, exactly. to play against you? You know, make them fucking come find your ass. At least. Yeah, it's a bummer. But in better news, um, in South Dakota, the Law Enforcement Commission has offered forgiveness to two hopeful police officers for their past pot use. Oh, boy. One of them pled guilty to, in their words, THC wax possession. Okay. When he was a freshman in college in Minnesota. That was seven years ago. You got to watch the Minnesota kids, man. They're rowdy with their THC wax possession. Oh, yeah. Their legislators are rowdy, too, passing uh, THC before (laughs) weed was legal and stuff. That was wild. Minnesota's wild. Uh, But they were like, hey, you know, you were honest. It's in the past. You've been a good boy ever since. You can be a cop. 
And then the second was a woman who was previously a dispatcher, and then she worked as an officer at a correctional facility. Um, she had a surgery and didn't want to take painkillers, so she went and got a tribal medical card, and that's not recognized by the state. So then she realized, oh, I've made a an error, and wrote about it on her application. And this commission said, well, that's okay. <laughs> so... Sometimes there's a win, I guess. A, a baby step in the right direction. I suppose. Not not enough of a step but, to even warrant the jingle, though. Uh, Christy Noam has been horrible oh, awful. when it comes to weed. She thinks she's this big uh, freedom bastion. <laughs> she doesn't know the, sh- the first thing about freedom, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that really ticks me off with... Uh, well, we kept selling hamburgers all throughout COVID. If we're, if, it doesn't mean shit. You know, people identify as Coke or Pepsi, blue and red. And the reds, yeah, they want to be like, oh, freedom. And then, but not for drugs. Not for anything. Not for drugs, not for sex, Sex, not for loud music, not for uh, anything fun. Yeah. Well, I've got one last story for Behind the Curtain tonight. Okay. And it is a fun one. In Slovakia, the president pardoned two people who were serving sentences for growing weed The first was a 63-year-old man suffering from an unnamed incurable disease who was growing for himself. He never once sold weed, but he got caught with his grow and was sentenced to 11 years. He's out now. The other was a 40-year-old man who was jailed for 10 years for growing weed for someone in his family who was terminally ill. Mm -hmm. And he was also the sole breadwinner for his family. So he has served five of those 10 years, but he's free to go. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. I just wonder how many people are still behind bars in Slovakia for weed. Right. (laughs) But hey, they got this good PR out, so. Yeah. Well, that I think does warrant. It's a step in the right direction after all. There she is. Yeah. And uh, great, great curtain segment. Oh, thanks. You always bring the heat where it matters. Uh, speaking of heat, we got a fresh metal moment hot into the bowl. Oh, yeah. Um, just, uh, baked an hour ago, in fact. Nice. We Freshly have, uh, baked. Oh, it looks like two hours. Whatever. Numbers. Come on. We're behind the curtain here. Uh, do you want to hear what the Rev has in store for us this week? Indeed I do. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Green Jello is an American comedy rock band formed in 1981. Originally named Green Jello, spelled J E L L O, the band changed its name due to legal pressure from Kraft Foods Inc., but I can assure you, it is still pronounced Green Jello. Known for sophomoric humor, theatrical performances, and intentionally crude musicianship, Green Jello has had hundreds of members during its existence, with vocalist Bill Manspeaker the only consistent member throughout. In 1984, Green Jello released its first effort, an eight-song EP entitled Let It Be. 
1993, Green Jello released its third album, Serial Killer Soundtrack. This was the first album released under the revised name of Green Jello, spelled J-E-L-L-Y. From the 1993 album Serial Killer Soundtrack, this is Green Jello, Three Little Pigs. Why don't you stay right back and I, I may tell you a tale, a tale of three little pigs. That is a message I can uh, get behind, man. The big bad wolf. Big bad wolf. Very nice. Good pick. Good pick, Rev. Uh, you can follow what the Rev is up to lately, all of his shenanigans, over at noagendasocial.com. He is at Rev Cyber Trucker. And uh, yeah, you can also weigh in on a little different uh, topic that we change every week. We even have a name for it. The first house. First time I ever. First time I ever did a thing. This week, of course, we were talking about uh, the first time that you ever, what was it? I got a treat from the ice cream truck. Oh, yeah, a treat from the ice cream truck. That's right. Uh, I wish my topic would display more than one line. Womp womp. First time I ever got a treat from the ice cream truck. You can always call 816-607-3663 or text. Uh, or call or text or call like this caller did. But you could text, too. Oh, hey, how are we doing? Oh, we're doing pretty damn good. How about you? Super Califragilisticexpialidocious. Good to hear. Oh, yes. Uh, ice cream. The ice cream truck. The ice cream man. The ice cream person. The ice cream woman. Um, technically, the answer would be no. Uh, never got anything. Oh. The only thing I do remember is, and I don't even remember if I had any of it, but when my when my uh, now wife was. Living still with other folks, uh, she got something from the ice cream truck that was driving around, and uh, just because she never had. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, growing up, it was just kind of like, ah, oh, where you had ice cream at the house, or yeah, it's more expensive than just buying it at the store, sort of thing. So, it's a bit of a markup. The novelty of it and all that jazz, but uh, yeah, just neighbor deed. But what I want to know is, you go through all the work, you put those stickers on the thing, and like, why can't you make it look like? It's not, you know, maybe it is, but, like, they're not just showing drugs out of the thing. Because, like, the stickers are always, like, janky, you know. They're not, yeah. like, lined up or artistically done or, you know, in, in any sort of, like, pleasing manner sort of deal. So, yeah. And then you got, like, the really, really fan or the real fancy ones and stuff like that. And then you're just like, dang, dude, how, how are you making enough money off ice cream to afford the, 
the I've seen somewhere it's like they got the little uh like they're street legal but uh um I don't even know what you call them like fancy fancy golf cart kind of ones. Oh, okay. Ice cream trucks. Uh, I haven't sure seen these. I'll describe it right now, but yeah. And you're just like, man, are you making enough money off of a ice cream to afford that? Like, like a tuk tuk. Like, yeah, like anyway, making payments on that thing just to sell your uh, Mr. Good Bar or whatever. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the answer, and that's where we're at. So all right, wait. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say someone's house, but I'll, I'll say that for later. So all right, love you guys. Stay dangerous, and uh, whether you got a nine ball and a four ball in your hand. Or you do not. Go ahead and give a good old hearty I think Collar had his balls in his hand while he was calling. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's that's how a lot of bowlers roll. I gotta think that a lot of ice cream trucks are fronts. Oh, definitely. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. It wasn't, it's just, there's no way you're hawking that much ice cream every day. Mm. They do pretty well. The numbers on the thing, I think they only have to make a few sales to get their money back. This next caller also is a front, just so you know. This first time I ever... Well, hang on, let me hit it. Yeah, hit it, hit it, hit it. Nice hit. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. first time it worked. I ever bought a treat from an ice cream truck. <laughs> I was, uh... <laughs> it was really hot outside. Yeah. And this nice man gave me... He said, come here, I have free ice cream. Free? And, uh... He wanted me to come inside the back of the van to get the ice cream. Yeah. And uh, he immediately put his hand down my pants. Uh-huh. And he pulled out three ice cream sandwiches. A magic man. And I ate all three of them. And then after that, uh, I kept eating them. <laughs> and then for the next uh, two weeks, my poop came out ice cold because I ate too much ice cream. <laughs> and all my poop was coming out cold. And uh, I went to the doctor and he said it was fine. <laughs> that's a cold situation my man that's called uh frigid butthole syndrome yeah. <laughs> soft serve mm-hmm. big oof yeah a magic man though for free man mm. the price is just a frosty butthole i mean i think that uh, higher prices have been paid for lesser prizes if you ask me but nobody asks i was wolf. gonna say i didn't i didn't ask <laughs> Nah, 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 nah. Uh, <laughs> C-Dub says in the chat, that's called a repressed memory. He pulled uh, ice cream sandwiches out of my pants. Yeah, that was it. That yep. was what I ate that he pulled out of my pants. Ice cream sandwiches. Makes nothing but sense. You remember your first ice cream treat truck? I do. Did you get thrown in the back of anything or no. duffel bagged up? No. Have your mouth taped shut? No. I would never get into a vehicle with someone I didn't know. Smart. Because, well, when I was a kid, I did not stay dangerous. <laughs> uh, my great-grandpa was a very tall man, unlike me. And I heard the ding, 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 ding. We were playing outside. It was summer. And uh, <laughs> I remember I was playing with just one of those cheap plastic balls. You know, nope. that you see at all the stores. Of course. Great summer toy for little kids. I must have been like three or four. And my papa would do a volleyball serve just straight up. You know, just like put his hands into that little fist and uh -huh. just hit it straight up in the air. And I really 
the I was so small and he was so tall and he would hit that ball so hard. I really thought that the ball was going up into the ozone layer and shit. Like, my it's memories... It's never going to come back down. Yeah, my memories are so exaggerated like that. And I can see the ball still. It was like a teal marble design. But anyway, so I heard the music of the ice cream truck. And I looked at my papa and I was like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's the ice cream man. We should go to the end of our street because we lived on a dead end. <laughs> go to the end of our street and flag him down. I was like, all right. And he had some money in his wallet, just, you know, ones or whatever. That's where you keep money, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he hailed the ice cream truck and was like, what do you want? And I can't remember what I ended up getting, sadly, the first time. The thing I remember getting every time thereafter was the Sailor Moon popsicle with gumballs for eyes. Yeah, of like course. Bright yeah. blue gumballs. But I have a feeling I probably didn't get that the first time. Because I don't even know if Sailor Moon was on TV then. But yeah, so anyways, I got it. I thought it was great. And I was so into it. I thought that this notion of the ice cream man uh was just so great that I wanted to be ready anytime I heard that music. And my grandma had this little turtle soap dish, and I was like, can I keep my ice cream truck money in that turtle? And she's like, sure, I guess. So that I, Because I wanted to get the ice cream truck's attention myself someday. But I'll have you know, it was a bunch of change, just change that I had found and stacked up over time. Yeah. And it's still in that turtle. At her house. And we have a good laugh about it every time. And next time I visit her, I'm going to count that change and see how much a popsicle from the ice cream truck cost in the 90s. (laughs) Because when that ice cream truck stops on our street out here, you can't get anything for less than $4. Yeah. I think they got like bomb pops for $3.75 and that's like where it starts. Yeah. I think I had maybe 2 to $3 in change in this turtle. Maybe. So, but yeah, it was an exciting time. Blew my mind. I had not heard of the ice cream man until he appeared. It's a fantastic experience as a little kid, man. Yeah. And it wasn't a sketchy, worn out looking truck. Yeah, all it colorful. It was well kept. Yeah. It was just well kept. It was still a white <clears throat> postal looking truck sure. with the crappy menu printed and taped onto the side or whatever. Sure. But it was well kept. It was clean. Okay. It wasn't like old Mr. Whiskers in there? No. no it, it wasn't creepy. I don't even remember the man. Uh, 33 seconds ago, according to Helipad, Booberry hit us with a boost from oh. Podverse. 4,200 sats, my man. Thanks, boobs. Booberry says, don't put these sats towards drugs. Oh, boobles. Oh, boosters want an earmark now. I see, I see. <laughs> uh... You do what I say. It's my value. <laughs> uh, That's the funny thing about value. Though. Okay. These 4,200 sats, Bowler, I promise, we will not put towards drugs. Oh, now, now. Was that another boost coming through? He's the one doing the boosting. Yeah, it's a 10101 sats from C-Dubs. Oh, thanks, C-Dubs. Coming in from the Podcast Index, according to sources familiar with the situation. Nice. Please, Bowler. You can have anything you want. 
Yeah. Anything you want. We won't put it towards drugs. We'll do, uh, I mean, really just like whatever he turns you on, really. <laughs> because we want to. Yeah. All right, I'll do it. Whatever, whatever turns you on. <laughs> uh, this next caller turns me on, that's for sure. Hello. Oh, hello. Uh, hello there. The uh, first time I ever got ice cream off an ice cream truck, uh, that was over at Cousin's house, because uh, not that we, we live like out in the sticks or anything, but it was out a little bit, a little ways. Uh, I know when you tell relatives where you live, they'd be like, oh my God, it's so far out. Um, but now it's like suburbia. Uh, and we, back then, because there was like spotty like subdivisions out here, uh, you didn't get a lot of uh, ice cream truck traffic up this way. Uh, as much started, started like I mean, because they started building like crazy. Uh, they like early to mid eighties around here. Actually, well, right after that, like Carter slump in the country kind of went uh, away. They started building a lot more out here. So then you see more and more ice cream trucks. Uh, I just want to mention a travesty that's happened. I've probably already said this to other people uh, around the no-agenda community. Uh, in addition to the Chaco Chaco uh, being pulled, uh, Good Humor pulled the uh, toasted freaking almond bar, which uh, is amazing if you've ever had it. Uh, I don't think I've had it. I'd have to be a little bit older, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was out until, like, last year or a year and a half ago. Mm. And they said, oh, because COVID, we're shutting down that plant. We can't make them anymore. Um, so, yeah, they're, like, gone off the market. Those were always a classic to get off the uh, the good humor truck. I know uh, <laughs> one of my buddies lives, like, really close. He's, like, just on the uh, – his city, like, borders Detroit that he's in. And uh, we were sitting at his house uh, – Having some cocktails on the porch. Nice. And uh, they had a uh, ice cream truck that had like the hip hop, uh, like that. <laughs> like rolling down the street. That was, was pretty good hip hop, man. So, uh, oh, oh, oh. You know what? Uh, you guys know the history of the ice cream song? The hips, uh, the history of the, the ice cream song. This is somebody else. I feel like you were talking about that on IRC it's, the other uh, day. Like the original ice cream truck song was uh, based off a uh, kind of a scary. I don't know, scary, but uh, very racist tune. Oh, oh! You can't just leave it on that call. Wow! You can't just leave it on that. What? What? This whole um, thing is very, very spooky. Oh, oh! Look, we got a, we got a trail on. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I was talking about the origins of, the, like, the ice cream song. Yeah, scary uh, and racist. Yeah, it's quite, quite racist. Somebody else pointed this out. I can't remember. It's been a while uh, since I've discussed this with anybody, since that, or since somebody mentioned this to me. But, yeah, it goes back to, like, some, uh, <clears throat> like, crazy racist song. It's very vague, caller. Uh, it's kind of weird that it got... Adapted to a uh, song about selling ice cream from a truck years later. Anyway. So what you're saying is uh, ice cream is a dog whistle. Yep. Just by uh, extension. Must be. Now I have to Google shit. See, my memory 
of the ice cream truck songs in the 90s again was playing a little like music box version of the muffin man and also the do your ears hang low oh uh, yeah like yep. those two songs yep that's what i remember <laughs> i don't know the ice cream truck original song definitely had the ears hang low yeah maybe that's the racist one yeah we gotta consult the book of knowledge and find out your ears hang low do you grow a big old fro? It's probably racist. We don't know the original words. Probably. Um, is this just BuzzFeed making stuff up again? That's what I want to know. That's what I would like to know, caller. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get a title down. Oh, nice. I love when there's titles in the transcripts. Uh, I'm also trying to hear from this next caller. First time I ever got a treat from an ice cream truck. See, I grew up in the middle of... Middle of nowhere, Oklahoma North. Okay. And uh, I said that all backwards. But, okay. <laughs> so we didn't have ice cream trucks where we was. So I was over at remember if it was Grandma and Grandpa's house or some somebody that was babysitting me because Mom and Dad always worked all the time. And uh ice cream truck came by. And I was like, oh, yeah. Woo. We got to stop because whoever we were with had a little bit of money. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, you know, you just kind of let them drive by because you couldn't buy nothing. And you're like, what do you want? It's like, I don't know. You got all these pictures on the side and I've never had anything here. I don't know what, <laughs> what I don't know. <laughs> and so the guy, the kid I'm with, like, oh yeah, get a push pop. I'm like, okay, I want a push pop. Well, it was just like this orange sherbet thing, and it was all right. But the tube that came in with that little plunger yeah. and the straw, I mean, I kept that thing, and uh-huh. I did so many things with it at home because <laughs> those were your toys. Push pops. You know, just kind of things you build and make, out, you know. <laughs> you didn't have that kind of stuff. I mean, it was a wheel, and it was a... You put things in it and push it up like you do a push pop. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. And the next time I got one, you know, full axle. You put both ends of the plunger on that little straw and you got a full axle. You get four of them babies and you got a whole base of a car you can make. Hell yes. Put a little (laughs) stick on it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was probably the first time I remember eating off of an ice cream truck. Very nice. Yeah. Good time. I caught crawdads in the ditch over there in that area. There you go. Yeah. I'm uh, bowling and having a good time. There you go. Good time indeed. Man, fuck, I haven't thought about push pops for years. Same. I forgot about that. Yeah, the little plastic dumb shit at the bottom. I always kept them things too, hoarded them and imagineered bullshit out of them. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Not mine always had Fred Flintstone on them and shit. Hmm. When I was getting them. And you'd have to, uh, like when you'd first pull them out of the cold freezer, they were just too fucking cold to do anything with. You'd have to like rub them in your hand, you know? Kind of get that first melt going on so that you could actually push the fucker out of there. My experiences with the push pups were they were already melty, so oh. it was kind of a gross experience. <laughs> Gotta get a colder freezer, man. 
freezer got to freeze it. I don't even remember where I had one. It's not fucking push yogurt, man. Yeah, fantastic. I remember all that. <clears throat> I remember the ice cream truck in our neighborhood. And I would get, uh, the, the very first time, it was like the end of June or early July. And I got a bomb pop. It was like 4th of July. It was coming up. And the first thing I ever got was the bomb pop. It was also the cheapest thing. Uh, but I always wanted the characters, the bubblegum eyes. Like you're talking about. You said Sailor Moon. Yeah. They had Sonic and <sighs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they always had the turtles. Pikachu at some point. And it, Pikachu was before Pikachu. They eventually had Pikachu for sure. But like my first time, they probably had... Uh, Mickey Mouse and... Uh, oh, yeah. Did they have Power Rangers at one point? Yep. Yeah. Totally had Power Rangers. Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed to get those ones with the gumball eyes. Oh. They were also the top tier price. Like, the most expensive shit is the gumball eye character pops because, duh, that's the only one the kid's gonna want. Yeah, licensed. Their favorite characters. character licensed and then costing more. That's how they get you. But uh, I did eventually get some gumball eyes. I'm trying to remember the first gumball eyes I bought, man. Because it wasn't Power they had Ranger. Tweety. They did have yeah, Tweety. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Uh-huh, and Bugs. Yep. In fact, I think it was Taz that I got, now that you mentioned that. Yeah, because I just saw Tweety and was like, Tweety is definitely someone I would have gone for. I'm probably almost, what I got. I'm almost certain it was Taz. No doubt. I taught a dog putty cat. Dios mio, man. I did. I did. Uh, this, that was a long time ago, man. <laughs> this next bowler's back for more. You know what I'm realizing is uh, <laughs> my, mom, my mom used to sing a song that was, uh, was to, the, <laughs> to the key of the ice cream song. That, <laughs> you know, it's got the racist uh, song, which is... Um, Oh, is that? Do your ears hang low? Do your ears hang low? Loves a watermelon is the uh, name of that song. You go look that up. Ooh. Uh Anyway, I don't know timelines and shit as far as what when that stuff came out, but I've heard it in the past and haven't done, done a deep dive in it to figure out whether that's uh, really that way. But my mom would sing a song to us when we were little kids that was. Uh, I had a little chicky and he wouldn't lay an egg. So I poured hot water up and down his leg. A little chicky cried, a little chicky prayed. A little chicky made me a hard boiled egg. Bum, 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 bum. Some chick. Oh my god. In the bowl. <laughs> in the bowl, damn. Oh my, in the bowl, god. Oh my glove. He was cutting in and out. I didn't hear what he said. Something about turn inward and have some watermelon? What I don't know. Find Zen inside the watermelon? Mm, I don't think that's what he said, but he did cut out at a, the exact time we needed to hear what he said. He was fading. I was. Uh, I caught part of it. He was pulling his mouth away from the mic. He's like, eh, I don't really want to say it. So. <laughs> yeah. You know that song. That song, Do Your Ears Hang Low? Do they that, wobble yeah. to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? Can you throw them over your shoulder? Is that the next line? Yeah, like a continental soldier, Do Your Ears yeah. Hang Low? Yeah. Yeah. Those Continental Soldiers. I bet that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Problematic. Uh, but this next caller was never a problem. 
Hey, good evening or good day whenever people are listening to this. Good 1222, my friend. Yeah. Good Lauren. Just getting off work. Lauren. Uh, Quitting time. I was able to catch the little bit of live stream right before I hit that time clock. And that dude from Baton Rouge, the LSU, the so-called doctor expert, got me riled up. Oh, tell me <laughs> about it. fucking real. Um, yeah. The double the guy was laying down, all the clickbait quotes, to me, it just sounded like, hey, we need to find an expert who will read this script. And the dude is like, I can get my 15 minutes of fame for being on TV? Sure, what the fuck do you want me to say? I'll say that shit. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Oh, cringe. It was but cringe. Not all that long ago, you guys had made it instead of uh-oh. Caller. You were fired up, man. I wanted to hear that, but I'm going to be honest. Like, the last uh, minute 40 of that was not... I was not able to track it. He hit the limit, though, and he did call back. Let's see if it got any better. Not really. Um, yeah, anyway, so... Oh, here we go. Uh, end of that particular story was... It, it, it was just kind of creepy. We all know on the black market side, if a drug dealer is out to make money, he's going to carry multiple kinds of products. Sure. You know, he's trying to serve multiple kinds of clientele. He's not trying to kill nobody out there because you lose a customer on that level. Yep. Anyway, love the bulls, love the people that listen to the bulls. And uh, yeah, I'm about to drive home and put into use one of these uh, cannabis destroying machines. So, anyway, in the bowl, everybody, please enjoy. I'll take that. Much love. In the bowl, Laren. Cheers, baby. Yeah, I love you, Laren. But uh, damn, you're coming in and out on that first voice. Ah, uh, maybe it's spiritual protection and waves. <laughs> <It's the same>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the transcription comes back on the second one. It's like uh, showing. It's creepy. We all know on the black market side. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's so creepy. It blocked out your last half of your call. Yeah. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, but we appreciate the call. Yeah. And yes, I agree. That thing said I didn't expect to get that lit up by the fucking idiot of the week on the uh, TV interview for weed, but that one was just a particularly low effort one. It was egregious. They shoved so many talking points into that. Yeah, it was just sad. Just sad. Yeah. Uh, opposite of this next caller. Level said. I'm your ice cream man. Look out for my ice cream van. I'm your ice cream man and I look out for you. I hate ice cream chimes. They sound like fucking nursery rhymes. I'm your ice cream man and I play Motley Crew. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. That's the ice cream man I want driving around. Very nicely done. Yes! Yes! The ice cream moth man. The one you just played is, is outstanding. Well, well, the plow played, Mr. Moth. He'd be flying around, though. <laughs> he would be flubbing her and bumping into shit. Oh, yeah, keeping old ladies up at night. <laughs> I mean, I swear, that's summer nights, dude. You're just sitting out <laughs> yeah. and like, what the fuck hit me in the back of the head? That's a moth. Big bugs. Fluttering around. Uh, where am I? Where am I? I see light. <laughs> Lamb. 
Lamb. Yep. Uh, thank you, Bullers, for chiming in. This was a hot topic. People love the ice cream truck. People love or hate the ice cream truck. Uh, and you're absolutely right about that. But we got to pick a topic for next week. A new F time. That's right. And last week, you picked one. That's right. The first time I ever animated. The first time I ever animated. Thanks to C-Dubs. And C-Dubs has a new suggestion, which was the first time I ever took a selfie. And I have written it on my list. Okay. Cool. Mine a list, is that what you said? Yes, mine a list. Mine a list. Very cool. All right, well, let's go with that. And that gives us one last task for our night. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Little happy story that didn't quite make the top three cut, but I thought was an honorable mention. There's a couple in New York who have led 33 mission trips to West Virginia to help out in communities there. They also do a lot of uh, backyard ministry stuff and helping those around them, which is great. Charity starts at home. And uh, they've been at it for 33 years. So, <coughs> you know, they gather up teenagers to take a trip and help. So it said that this year they had 35 people on their team, ranging in age from 1 to 86. There's a part for everyone. Everyone can help. All ages. Yep. Except for babies. Babies just kind of, you know, stare. But that's all right. We still love them. Delic Labs in Vancouver, B.C. did a study. Study after study. We love studies. And then they presented it at the Canadian Chemistry Conference and Exhibition last month. You want to know what the study was about? Mm-hmm. The science of rolling the perfect joint. That's cool, because uh, I got some thoughts. Well, their findings were that the size of the grounds matter. You know, like the Definitely. grind size. Just yeah. like coffee beans. You can't powderize the shit, or you get a joint you can't even pull. Well, they found that one millimeter particles, they're calling them particles, delivered the most cannabinoids per puff, and the five millimeters were less intense, but led to longer-lasting joints. Hmm. They also found that the highest concentration of cannabinoids per puff comes at the end of the joint, while you get all of the terpenes and flavor at the front, which makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the last hit is just all the rest of the fucking... It's like the resin. Resin that's been crawling towards you that whole joint. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that's where the good stuff is. It's where you're like, whoa! Yep. Thought that joint was working then, whoa! That's also why it's like crazy to let a joint go out and then, you know, respark it later on. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Hits harder the second time. Mm-hmm. Literally. <clears throat> well, yeah. It's the way she goes. Yeah, so that was a fun one. They had a weird uh, smoking machine. It was like 3D printed lips, basically, that sucked in the hits instead uh, of having a person do it, you know, so that they could study what was uh, going into the mouth and such. Okay, weird, but okay. Yeah. Sounds like some sciencey shit. Definitely sciencey shit. Come on, it's the study. Study boy's gonna study it. Yep. Oh, then I have a clip. We learned a bunch of shit that you could have told me already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the dispensary and uh, licensed weed retailer Mary Med 
staged a protest this past week over federal tax code 280E. And they did it in the Boston Harbor. No taxation without representation. Down with 280E. Well, 250 years ago, the most famous tax protest in history, in this land's history, took place in this very harbor called the Boston Tea Party. So we're paying homage to our ancestors and doing the same thing as we're burdened with a similar uh, unfair tax in this wonderful cannabis industry called the 280E. We're bringing awareness to this tax code in hopes that we can get our people to repeal and go to the federal government, their representatives, and, and, and vote to repeal this unburdened, this burdenous tax code, right? Because the people who are really feeling the pain from this tax code is, is the consumer, right? They're paying much higher prices at the registers for their cannabis. Nice. It's a fun video, too, because they all dressed up in colonial carb, and they had wooden boxes that said weed on them, and then they were tossing the weed into the water. I saw pictures of this, so I saw them all dressed up with the garb and stuff. Uh, Silly. What was your source on this? Um, The article write-up was in on Marijuana Moment. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I knew it had to be from Friendlies, because they let the guy say his whole thing. I, oh? I never hear that, you know? Well, that I just always hear, like, a one-snippet-gotcha thing. Of course. And then it makes you look dumb, and then they move on to the next story, you know? What was... Did you see a story on it with a gotcha? No, I... Well, I just scrolled by, I think, an article with a picture. Like, I just saw a picture and a headline, but I got the gist of it. I figured you'd be talking about it. Oh, yeah. So I just didn't explore it further, you know? But I saw those guys. I saw the picture and read what they were doing. Yes. A little, uh pot tea party yep a pot tea (laughs) wicked fucking potty kid (laughs) yeah where's the potty here's the potty yeah so that was a fun one um wow but you know let's see him do it in december yeah on the anniversary the true anniversary because boston tea party is not quite 250 years old yet that's the end of the year fun fact (laughs) but also no taxation without representation. Down with the IRS. Yeah. The whole thing. No one is represented right I've now. I've been rubbing my hands for a good old American tax revolt. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like uh, time is soon. Come on. Yeah. Time is nigh. It's way past due, but it's also nigh. Come on. Exactly. Well, timing wasn't so good for a woman from Houston who decided to travel to Dubai. She's a truck driver here in the States, and she was actually driving a truck over there, too. I'm not sure if it was for work or if she rented the truck or what. She did end up getting in a car accident with a rental, and so when she went to the rental company to get her ID and credit card and stuff that were left in the vehicle, which was towed away, the man working there told her that she could only get them if she paid him some undisclosed amount of money. The media is not saying the amount, just says undisclosed amount of money. Then he started screaming at her. So you know what she did? What'd she do? She started yelling back at him and was promptly arrested because women cannot raise their voice in Dubai. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wow. She has an attorney 
But because there's surveillance video of her screaming at the guy or yelling, whatever, uh-huh. uh, it's likely a jail sentence. Son of a bitch. That sucks. Yeah. Come on, Dubai. Do better, Dubai. Yeah. Don't go to no, Dubai for the freedom, dude. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a. It's not America. No. Maybe some people don't realize how free we are. Yeah. Until uh, they step into the more just, repressed when countries. You, when you wake up in the morning with that black pill in your mouth, just remember, it can get worse, baby. Oh, yeah. It can get worse. Yeah. Don't get caught with weed in your suitcase. Don't get caught yelling at a man. God damn. <laughs> That's insane. Horrible. People oh, really like, live this way. Like, just to me, that's, you know, it's hard to associate jail time with it. it Incomprehensible, yeah, totally in fact. Perplexing. I mean, imagine all the people that would get drug out of Walmart. All the women. <laughs> just day. for yelling at shit. Just, just for being just in for the Midwest. Some people here talk. Some people everywhere. They just talk so loud that you can hear them from down the street <laughs> Or, you know, they'll be inside the house, you're in their front yard or backyard hanging out, you can hear everything mm-hmm. they say. Like that last guy was that, that Bubba dude up in Excelsior. He was just this fucking redneck that was just like, Yes, and it was like it was talking to in his kids in the cart, just like shouting so that you could hear him. From across the store. Or clear across the store. Like you just hear him like fading slightly. But he's not a woman, so he would be okay in Dubai. That's right. Yeah, nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, nothing to worry about. That might be what some folks in Florida are saying about the invasion of lionhead rabbits taking over their suburb. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, you know, it's a furry domestic rabbit. A plague of bunnies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a colony of them. 60 to 100 in this one neighborhood. Holy Moses. Yeah, Wilton Manors, an 81-home community, to be technical. Oh, that's not even a bunny per home. They can handle it. 100? That is a rabbit oh, okay. in a, per home, yeah. 60 if to, oh, okay. that guesstimate is correct. Um, you know, rabbits, they got heavy coats. It's summer. It's Florida. Right. There's a lot of overheating rabbits going on. And when the rabbit turns three months old... It can give birth to two to six offspring every month. Yeah. I mean, you know, they multiply. Yeah. Like, we have that saying. Yeah. yeah. Multiplying like rabbits. So, if that's the saying. <laughs> that's why uh, rabbits are super efficient for, like, growing for meat. Yes. And that's what I was thinking is, why aren't people just grabbing them as meat, as pets, as whatever? Because you know? they're on the PETA sign. Well, anyway. Where do you draw the line? The, the community looked into extermination and a service said, well, we can trap them for $8,000. And I believe they just kill them at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. So the neighborhood is getting together, trying to raise money to have an animal-friendly group come in and relocate them, you know, catch, relocate, neuter, vaccinate, and then oh rehome. My God. Like, make them pets. This is a twenty to $40,000 endeavor, and the community board or whatever is like, okay, we'll give you some time to do that, but if it gets out of control, we're paying the eight grand for the exterminator to come in. Just throw it at the gators, man. Like, uh... If Just it's that big of a in. deal, if it's total, yeah, what the fuck? 
Yeah, I mean, because they're rabbits, so they dig holes, they chew wires, yeah, there's poop everywhere. They're a nuisance if you get too many of them. If people are soft at heart and one hops in the road, well, by gosh, now you've got a traffic hazard. You can just eat them, too. And they're going to keep reproducing faster and faster, So because there's going to be more of them. Correct. Yeah, so it's, it's exponential get way worse. explosion. Without, without any natural predator to keep them in check, rabbits are bonanza. Yeah. Hilariously. And turns out, you know, we could be one of those natural predators. It's fucking rabbits do. It's just regular shit. Come on. Yeah. They're a lot lower than us on the food chain. <sighs> I don't understand. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission in Florida said they won't intervene because the rabbits don't pose an immediate threat to wildlife. <laughs> but there was a neighbor in there bitching about how he had to you know, take down all of his outdoor um, lighting and stuff because they had chewed the wires and that all had to be replaced. But what's the point? Because they're still around. Going to do it again, probably. Yeah. He says he just shoes them out of his yard every time he sees them. Which That's is his problem. All the time. Oh, yeah. He was real nutted up over it. I just shoo him out of the yard. You got to shoot them yeah. on your yard. Hippity hoppity, get off my property. <laughs> It works perfectly in this case. Holy moly. And maybe they'll learn if they see one of them blow up in front of them. I think that's right. Oh. In Kentucky, a farmer found buried treasure. We are talking hundreds of rare Civil War era coins buried under his very ground. And they're remarkably well preserved. Shiny, even. 700 coins, some dated between 1850 and 1862, and uh, there was a group of 1983 double eagles. But some of the rarest coins in this finding, in this treasure trove, were these 1863 Liberty coins that were uh, worth $20 at the time. It's 90% gold. Woo! Yep. The media made a point to mention that these coins do not have In God We Trust inscribed on them, suggesting that that adds to the rarity. I don't know if it's like a misprint, like a T, you know how the TYs that have typos are worth more? Yeah. Or if that was just the design of the coin and the atheists with a bunch of money are like, yeah, 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 that one. That's the <laughs> coin I want in my collection. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I would love to find coins, but I'm probably not going to buy them. <laughs> That was a wild effect, that uh, lane strike hitting at the same time a boost strike hit. Oh, nice. From Sir TJ the Wrathful. Oh, Sir TJ. I was just uh, looking through my inbox today thinking I should reach out again and yeah. check in. He hit us with 7777 sats out of Podverse. Thank you. Just one minute ago and said, been listening while figuring out Dream Host and Music Side Project. Nice. Figured it out and got it working. Hell All yeah. right. Thanks, Spencer, for putting up with my dumb questions. Oh, Please, this is uh, part of the uh, it's part of my passion, man. It's what I like to do. He says, "I'm sure I'll have more." Let the good times bowl. Well, hell yeah, man. Let the good times bowl. Let the good times bowl, indeed. I love that. I'm excited to check it out. Kick ass, man. Boost some sets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, drop us a link or tell us how to find it. Yeah. And uh, add you to the show notes. Yeah, man. Get you all hooked up and stuff. I'm glad you did that, man. That's cool. It's very cool. In Tennessee, a 44-year-old man caught a record-breaking blue catfish 
Thing's massive. Weighed 122 pounds. Was 57 and a half inches one way and 42 and a half inches the other. But crazier still is that the guy who caught this catfish broke his own record because he was the previous record holder. And his last blue cat that he caught and broke the state record with was 118 pounds. Jeez. Yeah. Now the largest blue catfish ever caught in the world, allegedly, as legend has it, was 143 pounds and found somewhere between North Carolina and Virginia. Vague, I know. Mm-hmm. But as I was reading this story, I had this thought. What if the catfish that he caught was the same one, you know, a few years later yeah. and four pounds heavier. Could be. That doesn't seem like that big of a stretch. And they say that blue cats, they typically live between nine and ten years, but they can live up to 25 years old. Damn. And his last record was 2018, I think. So, mm-hmm. Oh, there's a horrible helicopter crash that happened um, trying to fight a fire that was burning just north of Salmon, Idaho. This was the Moose Fire. And someone recorded the helicopter crashing and the pilot and co-pilot were both killed. Well, as the investigation into the crash is underway, investigators think that they have determined what caused the crash. And you know what it was? What? An iPad. Oh, my God. Of course it was. Yeah, so they found an iPad near the cockpit in the river, and they believe that the iPad somehow fell. They were just, like, hovering the river trying to get the bucket filled with water, you know, like, dip this bucket into the river from the helicopter. And they believe that the iPad somehow fell in the cockpit and got jammed under the pilot's pedal. Oh, God. So they said the damaged iPad had distinct markings that suggested it was situated near the pedals when the chopper crashed. And they tested their theory uh, using the damaged iPad in a similar helicopter and think it's fairly likely. That sucks. Yeah, it really does. Death my iPad, oh no. Yeah, well, you know, maybe pick your, uh, this is a horrible thing to say, but it might be a better way to go than this next story. Oh, God. All right, I'm buckled in. So, there was a man who was mowing a park. Oh, fuck. That just went under new ownership in Modesto, California, and he's riding his... John Deere tractor with a pull-behind mower and felt a bump and was like, hmm. And then turned around and realized that he had run over a person because there were chunks of human all over the place. Oh, and clothes. God. Now, as the story goes, this was a 27-year-old woman who was a mom to one child, a nine-year-old, and she was homeless and sleeping in the field because it was a field, you know? The grass was really tall. But I find that terribly hard to buy, that someone would be able to stay asleep while 
a lawnmower is in the general vicinity. I'm not saying it's impossible. Sure. Especially if you took like heavy sedatives or mixed things or whatever. I don't know. You're just, you're a real heavy sleeper. And it's real comfy laying in tall grass with bugs crawling all over you. I don't know. It's hard for me to picture this. Immediately, I thought that was a dead body, you know? And this poor guy ran it over with his lawnmower because there was, you would think you you would see it up ahead, but no. And, uh, and then, you know, this. Yeah. yeah it doesn't so, add up, really. Yeah. It's horrible, and her family has visited the site and just said, like, there's so many chunks left, like, they'll never get, you know, there's just, like, blood and hair and clothes and stuff all over the place. That's horrible. Um, but I still think could have been a foul play afoot, you know? Yes. Do you think you could sleep while someone Fuck was no. lawn mowing right next to you? I would be like, oh, no. gosh, I'm up. I hate the sound of a lawnmower, and they scare me, so... Well, what if he came over a hill where you can't hear over that hill very well? I mean, if you're down in a little bowl, mm. and somebody's driving on the other side of it, maybe, and you're already asleep, it might sound like it's far away, and then it comes up over the hill before you, you know you know anything about it. Yeah. So, I think the family is um, preparing to sue, you know? But, this... <laughs> I mean, what the... This poor guy grew <laughs> mowing the grass, you know? It's loud, so you can't hear someone if they're screaming. Like, if she was hurt and she was stuck on the ground, he wouldn't have heard her screaming for help or anything. Uh, And I don't know. I mean, I'm picturing, like, tall, tall grass where you just can't see down if someone's laying there. But, I don't know. Anyway, that was a horrible story. I couldn't stop thinking about it once I read it, and that's why I put it on the land. Terrible way to start Sick. the day. Terrible way to die. Give me another garter ball just to... Yeah. Not the, not the way. No. Also, not the way, but with a much better ending. In Israel, a 12-year-old boy was riding his bike when he was hit by a car. And his injuries were pretty fucking bad. His skull detached from the top vertebrae of his spine. Whoa. So he was taken to the hospital and... Several hours later, w using new plates and fixtures that had never been used before, the surgeons were able to reattach the boy's head. Dang. And he was discharged with a cervical splint and monitoring. That's it. But they waited a month to share the story because they wanted to make sure that he was okay, you know, not going to, like, croak a week later or whatever and have a sad story. He has no neurological deficits or sensory or motor dysfunction at all. He's uh, walking on his own, too. So, sounds like a miracle. And someone had mentioned in the article that the key is preserving the blood flow to the brain. So, even though the skull came off of the spine, yeah. the blood vessels weren't severed. And that was Jeez. how he stayed alive. And then, of course, them being working their magic That's yeah such luck yeah it's crazy and one final story for the lands tonight something weird landed on the beach at jurian bay in west australia it's an unidentified dome and so uh the police are working with the space agency to investigate what the heck it could be it's being treated as 
a hazardous material, though, until they figure out the origin of it, and it's being guarded 24-7 by the police. So they said it doesn't seem to have originated from commercial aircraft. They think it's some piece of a, an attempted spacecraft from a foreign country. Mm-hmm. But they got to figure it out. No doubt. You think that's a gutter or a strike? I don't know. I'm like, my head's hovering over the buttons, like, trying to figure that out. That's what I usually do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough uh, call. It's like, uh... Didn't get my turkey at the end, but that's all right. You did bring it back, though, from a very dark place. Yeah, I couldn't end with that story. That's skillful. Uh, by the way, we did get a link. Uh, the Dorfels. Oh, nice. Yep. You can search the Dorfels there on Podcast Index or in your favorite nude podcast app, and they're now boostable. We're ironing out some kinks with the value tag, but uh, it's live. You can boost it. Sweet. And I'll have a link in the show notes. Yes. Absolutely. Quite well, excited. Yeah. It's an exciting, eventful night. We've got another Bulls of Buds coming up Friday. <laughs> That's right. Sir Paul, the book guy. We're going to hear why he got suspended from Twitter. And, uh, well, what he intends to do about it, I suppose. We'll figure it out. I got a lot of questions. The answer may shock you. <laughs> so be sure to tune in at 8 p.m. Central. That's right. We'll be ready to rock. Friday evening. See you all here. And, of course, next Tuesday and every other Tuesday. Look on the calendar. It's Tuesday. You know, that's bowl after bowl night. Right around 9 central after DH Unplug wraps up on the No Engine stream. And anytime you look this way, you will see Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl, 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 bowl after bowl. He's got big boobs, doesn't he? Yes! I knew it! She wasn't wearing anything! Oh, man! Big girl crazy sexy! I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I do one. I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. I called the police. Do you want to see that? This is serious. This is this is serious. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. Oh, brother. None of this is good. What the whoop? What, what, what the whoop? Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowlafterbowl.com. <laughs>